Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of The Next Dimension Podcast, your podcast that's all about VR and AR. And today with a very special episode, an interview episode. It's my big honor to speak with Tipitat Chenavasin, who is the General Manager and Co-Founder of the VR Fund. Tipitat, how are you doing? Hi, Sebastian. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Really excited to be here and share my story and talk some XR with you, man. Wow. I'm so excited about this one. This is a very special episode. I am so interested and excited to get to know more about the other side, the investing side of this industry. Now, to give us some context, the VR Fund is probably one of the most important venture capital companies in the XR industry, you have invested in beat games, Beat Saber, for example, right? Or, and you have ex uh, invested in Alchemy Games, which was acquired by Google. You have invested in Vario, which is now like yeah, conquering the, the business VR market and lots of other companies. Tipitad, how, 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 um, how did you get into this industry? What excites you about XR? Oh gosh, uh, that, yeah, that's such a big question. Like, I know. I know. Honestly, like you know, if you trace my story all the way back, you know, as a kid, I've just always loved animation and magic, and and just like the idea of, you know, creating things and making them come to life. And honestly, like you know, I've, I started out with just traditional animation, but then you know, computers in the '90s, I just started you know playing around with early interactive games, and just really started building up the sense of like, oh, wow, like. The digital world is where modern day magic happens right and that you can create anything in this digital space whether it's animation or games or interactivity and so my almost all of my professional career i was you know creating games art animation uh and it was really you know that led me all the way through you know career in different like gesture computing companies like uh, social gaming companies and then i started my own mobile gaming company and then you know it was the oculus kickstarter uh, all right you know, yeah for me too actually. That, that, that came out like yeah you know, like i was just like yeah. well yeah everyone's always like hey 3d engines are great yeah, where's right. vr and then you're like oh wow this kickstarter you know um and, and and john carmack giving it its blessing and support was like okay if yeah. john carmack says this okay. is legit i gotta check it out right this so, is legit exactly yeah 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 so i, I bought it <laughs> You know, I got on the Kickstarter and, you know, it, it, and it the DK one, it, it wasn't, you know, perfect. I hooked up to my Mac. I got really sick and I was just like, oh, my gosh. But it, <laughs> yeah, it, me it too. also showed exactly. me that, like, oh, wow, consumer VR is coming and it's wow. coming sooner than I thought. And it's going to be pretty amazing. And then when the DK two came out and had positional tracking, I was like, wow, wow. this is really something special. Like Magic. having yeah, that six degrees of freedom, like that right. was just like, oh, my gosh, so amazing. So uh, just even from the DK one, I started just building simple experiments of like, oh, what would I do? And I, you know, no Unity, I know, uh, you know, uh, computer graphics tools, and so I, I just built some simple demos, right? Right. And then uh, I met some people online. You know, we're all fans of the Matrix, and we're like, if we could go anywhere in <laughs> VR, where would we go? We're like, let's go to the Matrix. Love and that. And so movie. we built a very simple demo 
but it had like it showcased like four different scenes you get to meet morpheus and he tells you the world's a computer simulation you get to jump across buildings you get to dodge bullets and at the very end you're in the hallway and you have to like stop the bullets and the world turns into the matrix code right like that was our vision and wow. we actually built this so nights and weekends for about a month we just worked on this thing and, and just for the fun of it but more importantly in the process of making the jump program part where you have to jump across the buildings you know, you actually have to program like the falling 40 stories and then bouncing off the ground, right? Right, exactly. So the process of making that, I accidentally cured myself of my real life fear of heights. <laughs> wow. Yeah, virtual yeah. reality. It's, yeah, it's yeah. magic. It's beautiful. Perfect. And <laughs> that was my like aha moment where I was like, okay, okay. I'm all in on this. I, like, I don't want to just be a developer making content or, you know, for games. Like, if this is going to yeah. be impactful for like, you know, everything from, of course, how we play, but how we live and how we work and exactly. thinking about, you know, how we heal and, and all these other things, right? Like, right. so I ended up talking to a bunch of different VCs that I knew because of my background being an entrepreneur, how, doing my own mobile game startup. And then I quickly, uh, you know, met a VC. They're like, hey, we're thinking about putting together an incubator program, but we really need some help. You know, would you come and help run the program? So I joined this VC, helped run the first VR incubator. Uh, and that gave me like a platform, right? Where I, I started talking to companies, started you know, going to conferences, speaking on panels, and, and and you know I was very active on Twitter. Started building up my brand as okay. an investor in the space, right? And then that gave oh, well, me the you opportunity. You have succeeded with this for sure. <laughs> but then <laughs> that gave brand. me the opportunity, uh, you know, uh, to work with my partner Marco to set up our own right. fund focused just on the space. So about you know a little over five, almost six years now, uh, like. We set up the Venture Reality Fund to invest in early stage VR, AR, AI startups. And it was really under this belief that you know, spatial computing was going to be the next big computing platform, next big revolution after mobile gaming and, and right. uh, smartphones. Perfect. Or mobile wow. computing, sorry. What a great intro to what <laughs> you've been doing. Amazing. Yeah, so we're going to learn much more about your backstory and how you got to where you are with the VR fund, like investing into XR from the very beginning until now and for sure also into the future. And yeah, I can't wait to learn more because that part of the story, that investing part, we hear too little from it. You know, we hear from these companies, they are successful. But you know what? Companies cannot become successful without getting funding. And yeah, thanks to... Your fund, for example, thanks to your company, these companies can get big, like Beat Games, giving us Beat Saber and making lots of people happy. So I'm so excited about today's talk. And yeah, this is going to be good. So for all the people who don't know yet about the Next Dimension podcast, this podcast is live streamed every Saturday at 9 p.m. Berlin, 8 p.m. London, noon in San Francisco or the Bay Area where you are, Tipitat, and uh, 3 p.m. in New York City. And this is also an audio podcast. So if you want to listen to this on your commute, you can do so. And you simply can find us everywhere where you can find audio podcasts, Spotify, Google, Alexa, everywhere. And if you haven't done so yet, absolutely give us a five-star review on iTunes. Simply get out your iPhone or your iPad, open the podcast app, look for The Next Dimension Podcast, and give us a five-star review. We would be super happy about that. All right. So, interview episode. So, so cool. Tip of that. Normally, we start this show talking about our weeks like how have our weeks been like and now it's it's great and very interesting for us to find out how is the typical life 
of an investor, of a general manager of the VR fund. What are you doing? What is your typical um, work week like? Do you have like um, tons of pitch decks that you have to go through? Or, or do you have to um, talk with your portfolio companies? Are you on the look for the next big thing? Tell us more about how does your normal work week look like? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and again, a venture fund has really, like, the main focus of a venture fund is to invest in startups and, you know, return capital to our investors. And so right. there's always this, like, you know, the, the major work is, you know, like you mentioned, right, scouting, meeting companies, evaluating them for potential investment, then also supporting those companies that we invest in, helping them out um, in various ways. And, you know, um, and especially in the early stage, it tends to be a lot more... Uh, I wouldn't want to say hands-on, but, you know, a, a lot more varied in terms of this kind of support we'll give. Uh, and then, of course, there's also working with our investors. And, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's if we're in fundraising mode, whether it's finding new investors or just supporting uh, and, and talking to the current investors and making sure that their objectives are being met. So those are the main three buckets. And, of course, you know, there's always stuff like, you know, branding and getting out there and just, you know, sure. uh, marketing and spending time on Twitter, uh, which, you know, At first, I used to think it was a time suck, um, but <laughs> but it's also you know very important for marketing and branding. And so, I, uh, but yeah, so a combination of all of that, um, and again, it varies from week to week. You know, sometimes you know a deal's happening, so more focus is you know focusing on you know vetting and evaluating, or sometimes to like a portfolio company really needs a lot of help, so we'll you know dig in and do that. So it can vary, but that's the general gist. Um, honestly, I spent a lot of time in. E emails, just, you know, responding and, you know, so many pitches, so many introductions, but also, you know, spend a lot of time in uh, VR and AR and trying things out and experiencing. And, and I do just, you know, uh, not just in terms of looking for investments, but being smart about what's out there, um, you know, trying everything that's out on Steam, listening to podcasts like yours and like, okay, you know, cool, just perfect. getting out there and, and trying to absorb as much as I can. Okay, that's really interesting. And you just said like um, Twitter, you found out that it's actually very useful. And I must also think, I must also say so. Before I also thought like, okay, why Twitter? But through Twitter, I got to know like that you, that you also love the Vario, for example. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> these, these small things, and um, yeah, also like getting these new connections. It's it's a very useful tool. It's dangerous though. It can be a, a total time. Like, don't get into too many like heated oh, yeah. Twitter arguments. Don't you know, get just, into politics, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Twitter, yeah. I think this gonna yeah. suck all of your time away. Put stuff out there. Engage with the right people, but don't. Yeah, don't, yeah, right. don't get caught up in the, the Twitter drama. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. So, um, in your last week, um, tell us about the VR apps or games that you probably tried. That's also something that we like to talk about. What did you do? Okay, <laughs> Anything sure. exciting that you found? I mean, honestly, I won't just say in the week, but in general, yeah, in like, gen what am yeah, I most excited absolutely, about? Absolutely, like, absolutely. Tell us about that. Uh, gosh, there, there's a lot. Like, <laughs> honestly, uh, you know, in terms of new hardware, so you and I we mentioned this earlier, but the Vario, yeah. uh, I actually got to get the XR3, which has both Perfect. AR pass-through, but also a VR mode. You play Steam at Retina Resolution. And, you know, this is actually my second Vario headset I've owned. Uh, and it, it is phenomenal. Like it, 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 oh, yeah. it, it's definitely one of those <laughs> things where, you know, have the index, I have the, you know, the reverb, the HP reverb, you know, also they're, great. they're very good, you know, yeah, and I still great. like the Quest 2. I still use the Quest 2 yeah, almost every too, day, right? Too. Yeah. But man, when you <laughs> put on the Vario, it, it exactly. is, it, it, it just feels like you're teleported into Half-Life Alex and you're just walking around and, and it just is 
jaw dropping. It, 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 it's so hard to explain to people that haven't tried it. But what I like the most about it is too, it's like people that are kind of a little jaded now, you know, they've played with the hardware for a couple of years now. They, they, they feel like, oh, you know, it, it takes a lot to get them excited. I show them the Vario heads and it's just like, oh my gosh, the, the hairs on your arms stand on edge, right? Where you're exactly. just like, I didn't think I would see this so soon. I, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, it's like, this is the goal that we're chasing for like five, 10 right. years and we can have it's it. It's here now. It's yeah. here now. I totally agree with you. You know, I've seen everything. Like, I get all the headsets early, and I'm so happy that I'm in this position looking through all these headsets. But when I looked through this for the first time and booted up Half-Life Alex, my mind was blown. And, like, I was completely going crazy. I was so excited, you know? It's it's tough to get me excited nowadays for for new things because I've seen so many things in VR. But, yeah, wow, it looked, like, photorealistic. It's it's really like you are in Half Life Alex suddenly. <laughs> it's it's like it's like crazy. It's so cool. So wow, I'm excited about this headset, but I'm also excited that this is like feasible right now. So this is going to be something probably that's going to go to consumers for five hundred dollars in a few years or so. That's oh wow, it's just exciting <laughs> that we're going to get this. That everyone's going to get this, not just uh, yeah Absolutely. you and me, but everyone. And, and also to like playing with the pass through mode, like oh, I think yeah. you know, this one I haven't so, tried yet. A Tell lot of people are excited. Like you know, Oculus Quest now officially lets developers use the pass through, and so we're starting to see more examples of, of like you know the Oculus Quest pass through. But you know, yeah, right. it's a little lower resolution, a lower lo lower wide, latency. Yeah. It's black and white. You exactly. Know, like, yeah. But it, it's still it's it's very impressive, even with those you know issues. But then when you try the Vario, right, and, and it looks just as good as, you know, their full resolution. It's like high resolution cameras at high frame rate. So there's very low latency and it just looks so natural when you see your hand, when you see the room that you're in. But then you can see digital objects in it that are just rendered beautifully and their resolution so high and it just feels right. It just feels like this is the AR dream. Like one, one of the big problems, wow. like, yeah, if you've got to try other AR headsets, I mean, they're still very yeah, impressive. I, like I have the, tried them. Yeah. The HoloLens 2, the tracking is so good. Or, right. you know, but it's it's field of view or Too the small. translucency, the, yeah. the, the way the holograms, like the shimmering, the, the, the uh, visual fidelity is just not right because of the waveguides and you get like rainbow effects on the colors. And you're just like, oh, yeah, a lot on, it, the, on, the, on the number two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, it's and, so bad, actually. And it's like <laughs> you get glimpses, right? But it's like looking through a pinhole and you're like, oh, man, I wish. I, and when you put on the bar, you're like, Oh, this is it. <laughs> wow. I mean, of course, it's bulky. It, it's not all in one. You know, it has right. its own kind of drawbacks. But like the way I think about it is, uh, you know, the vibe. Like when we're thinking back at when VR was first introduced, right? Like, right. sure, it was really Oculus and the Rift had all of the kind of mind share. You know, PSVR was coming out. and But really, it was the Vive, the HTC Vive made, you know, powered by Valve that showed you know, full lighthouse room scale tracking, hand tracking, so like the amazing. full experience of what it could be. Right. Like that was the like true, like this is what VR needs to be moment. Exactly. And for me, the Vario headset comes very close to being like, yeah, this is oh. what AR needs to be, right? Where you're like, it's not, you know, like the caveats are much smaller in terms of like the visual and um, yeah, it, it's so impactful. Oh my goodness, seems like I have to try the XR3 as well. So I only have the VR3 here, which totally blew my mind. But I think the XR3 
it sh- I should try it as well. Well, I'm because excited. you're vacciinated, come over anytime. <laughs> okay, <laughs> open yeah, invitation right. to okay. come visit the Bay Area. Perfect, okay. man. Yeah, I, yeah, I will be there eventually for sure. So um, now that we're talking about this um, pass through AR, and um, uh, what do you think? Is this the right way to go? Pass through AR instead of the, this kind of like visual Hololens two style AR. Well, you know, I, I don't think it, it's, it's not like right or wrong. It's just what's okay. practical and feasible now, right? Like right everything now, right? Yeah. has its own kind of trade-offs and its own like, you know, why would I do this versus why would I do that, right? And okay. what, what I would just say is, you know, to get that high quality experience pass through will probably be the most feasible for at least several more years. Um, and what, what I think is really interesting about it is, again, that you get access to it today and you don't have to wait right. for tomorrow. And because... You know, right now, like waveguides and all of these other kind of the see-through systems always have these field of view or opacity or other kind of visual um, issues, um, you know, being able to see everything as mm-hmm. clear and interact with things like that's really powerful. But, the, you know, but then it starts thinking about it pushes you to think about, OK, what are the next, step, next steps? And that's, oh. All of the stuff that we've seen with ARK AR Core in terms of like plane detection and understanding the room so that the 3D world can interact with the room realistically. Yeah. Uh, but also input becomes much more of an issue where you realize, oh, with AR, especially on like the standalone headsets, they're like trying to use hand tracking or some kind of like mixed, uh, you know, uh, the Magic Loop does have a six off, one six off controller, but you're like, oh, exactly, yeah. really, you want to use both hands, probably either hands or controllers, and you want real accuracy right and so you start thinking about the next set of problems but uh, yeah i I wouldn't say it's one or the other like it's i think you know again it's about timing and about issue and it's like there's going to be multiple different solutions i think yeah of course of course so talking about this um, pass-through ar what are your thoughts about the Lynx headset that's going to go to Kickstarter really soon? We had Stan LaRock here on the show like three weeks ago talking about it. So what are your, th- your thoughts about it? It's like a standalone pass-through headset with, yeah. with very nice um, pass-through, very impressive from the videos. So what are your thoughts about, about that, that, that device? No, I, yeah, I got to beat Stan. I got to try an early ah, demo, perfect, and I think it's perfect. very promising. Like, again, I like what they're doing, and I like, you know, again, they're, even though they're bringing it for the enterprise, they're not going for the super high-end, and, you know, they want an all-in-one headset. That's It's pretty much like a higher-end, like, pass-through quest is how you can kind of think about it. Um, and, and I think it's a good direction, and I like that there are more players stepping up to saying, hey, we need more right. form factors. We need to try different things out, right? And it's like they aren't just trying to make a Quest competitor. They're, it's actually more like a HoloLens competitor, really. And so yeah. the price point that they're reaching is actually very attractive compared to what we see on the HoloLens. And, uh, yeah, I, I wish them all the best, and I, I think it's going to be a good product. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to try this out as well. So this is going to be super exciting for me to see another player here. Although I think it's, of course, like uh, tough, not easy, for the company, Absolutely. right? It's Absolutely. Gonna be, it's going to be really tough if they really want to 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 get the the, the same customers like the Quest. Wow, right? It's it's not easy. It's but not I think easy. it's smart though. Again, saying hey, we're not competing against the Quest; we're really against the Hololens. And again, it's it's a pass through AR headset. They're not saying hey, this is a VR headset. And so I think if you're looking at it in that lens, it can make more sense. And and smart too, going after the enterprise first, right? Like I think that is where a small hardware company kind of needs to focus before they can really try to go mass market with um, with consumer, unless they get like a super successful Kickstarter. 
Right, right. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how everything will go down. I'm definitely rooting for them in the Kickstarter. And I believe lots of people are excited about this. Yeah, right? New hardware. And then uh, the team, like, like very motivated. Yeah, you've met Stan. It's, uh, well, it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, let's talk about um, what other things have you tried. So you've tried, yeah, of course, you are excited about the, yeah, well, the X3. And yeah. Before we get into like more like things I've tried, since we're talking about hardware, I did want to talk yeah, about right. the, one of the biggest news this week was the rumors of uh, oh yeah you know, we will get to, yeah yeah we're totally, owner exactly we're going to get to this. oh yeah, yeah. okay okay <laughs> uh, if we're gonna get that I, I, <laughs> I won't jump shit okay. Like, <laughs> okay yeah but I think that's a huge announcement oh very, yeah yeah we're going to talk about this right. for sure okay. and we're going to get into the whole metaverse and how it's going to play <laughs> out like in your opinion oh that's going to be so exciting but yeah all okay. right. So in terms yep. of this week, two other experiences I really, really liked that I've yes. done that I think are really fantastic. So I got to try the you know a beta of Space Pirate Arena. So okay. for those that aren't familiar, it you know so Space Pirate Trainer DX is gonna be a new right. update. It's gonna add this arena mode, it's gonna launch September 9th, and it's I think they're gonna ramp uh, like increase the price on September 9th. But if you buy it now at the lower price, $50. then you'll get the free upgrade to the exactly. DX mode. And so the DX mode or arena mode is really a standalone, like it, it's really a, a arena scale. So you're playing in the whole like 10 meter by 10 meter place. Oh, I space. love that. And the way it's set up, it's supposed to be, you know, like you playing against another person. They can actually be physically in the same location with you. Right, right. Or they could be you know, somewhere else in their own 10 meter by 10 meter space. And so it's kind of like laser tag, right? It's exactly. physical. Yeah. You're walking around. You don't teleport. You actually move around in the space. And they have like walls and structures and like little yeah. windows. And you kind of have to like bob and weave. And I got to try it, but I only tried... Uh, just single player, so you're playing against some bots. But even there, it was amazing. And you know, wow. if anyone has what ever was amazing, a, what was amazing for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really walking around in that space. Or, yes. Tell, tell so, us about it. If, if you've ever played like one of those free roaming location-based yeah. entertainment, the like the arcades, I tried the void, like the I void, loved it. Yeah, yeah. zero latency. Like there's so right. many of them, right? They're they're great. Like the idea of so you drop on this headset. You know, they have hundred thousand dollar tracking system. Yeah, you know, they exactly. built up these things. They built these experience, and you're walking around, and, and it just it hits you like I, th I think the way I, I try to explain it best is like you know that idea of like VR and presence right like it's not just how you see but how you interact with the world how you move around in the world and as soon as you teleport or you press the button to move your body your mind knows it's fake and, exactly and it yeah loses some of that like verisimilitude right and so when you're actually moving in the space like physically walking forward turning your body walking over instead of pressing buttons to do that like it it multiplies the Magic. immersion factor <laughs> and it, and it really it, it's just so like it, it's just satisfying it, it just feels wow. like yeah i'm no like <laughs> so the way i had to do it is I, I don't have a 10 meter by 10 meter you know play space in my home so i went right. to a nearby school and you, know, you can't use the oculus during direct sunlight but when the sun sets right so you have a couple like you have like an hour right of like sunset that you can play before it gets too dark and so I went to a big, you know, went to the school playground when no one was there. <laughs> I, I did the 10 by 10 meter. And then you're just like walking around. And, and, yeah, it, it's it's so good. Just like ducking and weaving. It's, it's you know, if you've ever played laser tag, right? It's, it's that yeah. same sensation. But you think okay. like, you know, VR arcades, it costs multiple millions to set up a location to do this thing, to get the hardware, the backpacks and the, the sensors and all that kind of Not stuff. Not anymore. Like, yeah. Now. Right? Not anymore. Anyone Amazing. with a quest can do it. 
that is so cool at a playground or you know inside a gym or at a tennis court like it's it's like honestly the eye, eye illusion guys like they've been committed to this idea you know they've been working on it for a couple of years now and they've really done a great job like i i can't recommend enough like wow everyone needs to try this um and I, I will say too it kind of bleeds into like the other thing i wanted to talk to you about in terms of just like that, that idea of like presence and how good it feels. If you're talking about some of the best VR experiences in my life. Yeah, right. So the other one is, I don't know if you've got to try this, but if you have a big like 10 meter by 10 meter play space, wear a backpack PC and play Half-Life Alex. Oh, cool. Really? But don't use the the, the movement. Don't use the yeah, teleport yeah, just, unless, just you, unless you get to it. the edge of the room. But yeah, okay. yeah. So when you're oh, walking down the idea. corridors or like, uh, gosh, the, the scene where... It's in the containment in the kind of like zoo area, and you're just walking down the corridors, right. and then and the ant lion comes out, and you have to like shoot, and you're like, oh, it's it, <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing because it's like it feels so much more physical. You want to duck, you want to be more engaged okay. with it, and just walking through and just ah, uh, it's that to me is, is like the best VR experience that you can have. Oh my goodness, um, I'm so excited now to try first of all Space Arena DX and yes. then also to try, yeah, Half of Alex in the same and, place. And if basically. you don't have a backpack PC, of course, you can always just stream it from your, you know, yeah. over Wi Fi to your quest. And, and that's just as great. But just wow. need a huge play space. But oh my gosh, it's amazing. Wow, so perfect. the other experience I wanted to talk to you about yeah. was not a gaming experience, but I think okay. this is one of the more interesting kind of uh, consumer social VR experiences I've tried mm -hmm. that wasn't gaming. And so there's a company called World, W-O-O-O-R-L-D. And okay. I got to try the beta of this. They're, I think they're going to release it in App Lab within like a month or two. Right. And it's essentially Google Earth 3D in VR multiplayer for the Quest. Okay. All right. So, you, so I'm, I'm sure we, like, we can go to places together. Earth, right? yes, yeah, obviously. Yes, yeah. yes. So I could show you, you know, like where I grew up or my, exactly, play, yeah. my favorite ramen places in Tokyo, right. all that kind of stuff. But, you know, actual 3D geometry, not just, you know, Google Street View like Wander. You can actually get the 3D geometry. And, and you know, again, I, I've always loved Google Earth. Like it's been one of my go-to like to show people what VR also, can be. Exactly. Magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's not available on Quest. And, you know, so so many people have never tried it. But also the one thing I always wished was I wish it was multiplayer. I wished you could be there with other friends and you could talk to them about stuff and, you know, go on tours with them or talk about places. And um, so they're adding those features. They're letting you like, you know, do some graffiti and like add imp import like 3D objects into that world. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it's a really, really cool application. So I think... Is it using the same um, data from Google? So it uses... I think they're actually using um, the Bing Maps data. Okay. But again, you get like you know 3D geometry, you know, okay. akin to the Google stuff, and it's 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 super awesome. Yeah, I, wow. I, I I love the idea of you know again thinking that VR of course is great for gaming, but great for so many other things, education, uh -huh. tourism, and all that kind of stuff. And here, yeah, I think it's definitely one of the more compelling. Is probably one of my favorite like um, Quest applications that I've wow. Tell us lately. again, uh, what is the name World with so World with three O's in the middle. So I think okay. if you go to World.io, that's the website. You could sign up for the beta. Um, I right. think they should be on App Lab pretty soon. Um, but yeah, that, that's another one uh, that I really liked. And then so one Exciting. more kind of okay. kind of talking more about this kind of non gaming <laughs> side of things yeah. too. Uh, you talked about already like you know, the Horizons Workplace stuff. Oh, uh, wow. And, I love it. You know, I love it. Love. <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of people have get, you know, pushed back and say, hey, no. like what? Why? But, <laughs> you know, like they don't like 
cartoony avatars okay. or they all, but like some of the interaction stuff they do so smart so clever yeah. i love the holding your controller flipping it upside down and using it as a pen on your table what a genius idea so great what a draw. genius idea it's not yeah. their idea it has been there from another company actually it's okay. called we are a german company that offers yeah, yeah, yeah. these things but yeah. this is yeah they took the best stuff and put it into one product yeah. that is they polished it up made it very nice and yeah. it's very easy like a, a kind of you know a little bit of a step to like get logged in and registered and all that kind of stuff but what you are right it's, right it's nice like i, I really like it Oh man, I love it. I actually love it. And mm -hmm. I do believe that people can work in it. So I agree with you. Probably some people will be put off by the cartoonish way of the um, Oculus avatars. But I must say, actually, it's it kind of puts you at ease when you are in a meeting room. So I also love Spatial. I really love Spatial too. It's, it's a fantastic mm -hmm. app. Spatial's great. Spatial is so good. And um, they're doing an amazing job at like making the avatars from like five seconds photo shoot, right? Mm -hmm. But um, the 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 movements, the, fa the, the, yeah. the 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 mimic, you know, the, the, the facial expressions are not there yet, right? And they, they Oculus has done such a great job. And what really what really made me think this is amazing is like the mouth movements just from the audio. You know, oh, they, yeah. they, yep, there's yep, no camera yeah. involved, yeah. right? Just from the audio. It looks the, good. It the looks AI makes good. it, like, so cool. And it really feels relaxing when you speak to somebody in that workrooms, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what people don't get to. Like, when you actually see it, when you're in there with someone and the, the movement and everything, that little expressions, it feels, it, it's very satisfying. Yeah. Right. And then the spatial audio, exactly. So do you... You Tipitat, would you would you go into workrooms to listen to a pitch if somebody wants to pitch to absolutely. you? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I'm waiting for it. So pitch me in uh, in the workspaces. Let's do it, guys. Okay, hey, perfect. <laughs> yeah, guys and girls out there, now you you know how to get to Tipitat. Tell him you want to pitch in workrooms, and you're gonna have like an open ear directly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, great, great. This is. Absolutely, one thing that I also really enjoyed in the last weeks, like trying it out, and it was like um, such a surprise, right? Like Facebook simply dropping it; it's available to everyone, uh, to all the areas where the Quest is being sold, even in Germany where it's not being sold because mm. of of, of like, different <laughs> reasons, right? So we're going we're going to yes, talk about yes. this as well. So yeah, it's um, it's it's really a great app. Okay, wow, really really exciting. What you've been trying out, Tipitat. So you're very very in in depth into this whole vr right into this whole uh, industry and yeah you you get to try out whatever is interesting right now yeah yeah for my week i've been playing a game actually an older game right now mm. cyberpunk 2077 oh, and great. yeah it's a great game and you know i haven't is there played a vr it. mod for it yet yes that's why oh, you know okay. I, i played it on my playstation 5 yeah. and i really thought like wow this must be in VR. And then, actually, you can use um, an app called Vorp X. Sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. And uh, Vorp X, together with Cyberpunk, works so well. I was so impressed. And it's fantastic. So the whole Cyberpunk world in VR, 
wow, I can just tell everyone, try it out. Do you, do you still <laughs> play video games or is it oh, like yeah, yeah. A, I, oh, I still yeah. play a ton of video games. I, I was lucky enough to get a PlayStation 5 and yeah. I've been going back and replaying uh, the Spider-Man game. Oh, yeah, um, right. Exactly. And then uh, Ghost of Tsushima just dropped. So I, I've been playing a little bit of that as well because oh, that's a new, new upgrade. Um, right. And then I play the Black Panther. I, I still play it way too much. I, I play a lot <laughs> oh, of really? games. Um, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Right, right. That's good. Good that you still take time to do these kind of things. Have you tried out Cyberpunk? Uh, I, I played the original, not with the VR mod, but yeah, right. I, I, I went through it twice, like in, with two different okay. characters. Okay. But yeah, I really liked it. Like, I mean, I, yeah, me I didn't have issues on my. Fortunately, like you know, having a nice VR PC, you can run anything, and so it ran <laughs> exactly. beautifully with very few errors or glitches, and I had a good experience. So okay, uh, cool. I was really impressed. Yeah. You should give it a try with VorpX. It's okay. uh, to to be in VR in in this beautiful cyber world of the future. Wow, mm -hmm. I loved it. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so now we're going to before we get into your story, before we get into the 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 main meat of today's talk, like talking about investing. I do want to talk about some some current topics and get your idea or your your opinion about these current events. So, yeah, we talked about one um, space pirate trainer, <laughs> right? You have already tried it out. And it's going to um, launch on the 9th of September. And uh, just like you said, for all the people who own it right now, they will get an upgrade. So right now, you can still buy the game for $15, the Space Part Trainer, and then you'll get the free updates uh, on 9th September. And then afterwards, the game is going to cost $25. Tipitat says it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> must buy. Every, must, everyone must has a buy. question. Own okay, this. I mean, wow. I would say Space Pirate Trainer was already a great game, right? Like, yeah, right. already fantastic right. and well a, a classic, worth the, the classic. $15 or, or exactly. whatever it was. Yeah, but, right, right. You know, this whole new mo mode is a whole different game. And they could have easily yeah. charged, like, you know, another $20, $30 wow. easily would be worth it. But I love that they're, you know, putting it in, you know, as a free upgrade to current users and, you know, making this DX mode. But, you know, again, I think it's just, it's a really nice team, uh, you know. The developers just good people, and okay. they, you know they care about the fans. Want to take care of the fans, and I, I think in terms of also pushing forward what VR can be and understanding, you know, like what I like now is there's so many different types of great VR games, right? It's not all the same type of game, right? And I would say, you know, like Beat Saber, of course, you know, stands <laughs> very special, but you know, Job Simulator, another huge hit, you know, right, uh, right. Rec Room, another huge hit. Those are all of our portfolio games. They oh, yeah, are we'll, so different we'll from each other, <laughs> right? I love Rick. It's amazing. Outside of our portfolio, right? Like I see like super hot. Or right yeah. now, I really love Demio. I play a lot of Demio oh, with me some too. friends. Me too. And, exactly. And these are so yeah. different, right? When people are right. like, a VR game needs to be this, needs to be that. Or needs to be, I, And I love that, again, like the boundaries are being pushed and we're seeing huge success in all these different areas. And I would love this category of arena scale VR games to be kind of validated uh, by the great work that these guys are doing. So... Uh, definitely, yeah. Everyone that's listening, highly recommend it. Can't recommend it enough. Everyone should get it uh, and let's play sometime. Oh wow! You know, I can't wait to try it out for the first time. Like, I've already like um, yeah planned it out with a friend. Like, we're going to get like a pl big playing space and play together in the same location and uh, simply nice. have fun with it. And you know, just like you mentioned before, this actually moving with your body 
it will increase the immersion by so many times. Like I've tried The Void several times and I loved it. Uh, one of my best experiences in VR actually, right? With uh, The Void and the Star Wars mm -hmm. experience and all that kind of stuff. So really being there and, and, and moving with your real body, wow. Again, magic. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love to, to mention and, that. And they designed yeah. it so well in terms of like making okay. the most of the play space. Okay, and, cool. Uh, you know, making it so, you know, there are levels to it when you play. And it, right. it, it's just really smart. Uh, you know, these guys are great game designers, as already proven with Space Pirate Trainer. Exactly. And yeah. now to see them think about it in this larger scale, you're like, oh, my gosh. And Wow. Uh, like, yeah, the other thing, I, uh, when I was playing it and just thinking about it, just, again, just going back to thinking, oh, yeah, like, you know, I, I've kind of done similar things, but man, they were so expensive and so crazy and so involved. It's almost right. like for the price of a couple tickets, you can actually own the whole thing, right? Exactly. Like, that's exactly. Crazy. You can own that. that. That's pretty amazing. And oh. and finally, the, the quest is being used in a way that how you can use it, right? Yeah. It's perfect for this. So the one thing I will say too is, uh, so for people that don't know this, you can actually get an IR light for pretty cheap on yeah. Amazon for like $20, $30 and you can play at night. Um, and so that could be, you know, if you're like, Oh, when can I, I don't have a big enough space. Well, if you have a big enough, like, you know, backyard yard or something and you wouldn't play during the day well, at night, you put a couple of these lights up and then you can play in complete darkness because they're IR lights and that's what the quest uses for tracking. And so I think, right. you know, there's going to be so many different ways that you can play this where, you know, even if you don't have, access to a gym or, you know, a warehouse that, you know, exactly. you can still play in your backyard pretty comfortably. Cool. So um, I want to ask you about the feasibility of this, like financially. Do you think lots of people are going to pick this up? Because you just mentioned it. Probably not many people do have access to a gym or probably don't many people don't, don't have the ability or don't want to spend um, the money to rent this gym place or what. So <laughs> so on the, that financial part, do you think this 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 will be a hit? Do you think people will pick this up in order to meet in real life and do this? Or um, would probably um, like um, VR arcades pick this up and make a business out of this? What are your thoughts like um, from the financial part? Sure. I, th I think definitely like you know, it could be a big boon for VR arcades. But also too, just thinking about how easy it is for the quest that you don't need a permanent setup that like, you know, you yeah. go in, you set up your guardian, it takes less than a couple minutes and you're like, now any, you know, playground could be that space. You know, any basketball court, any tennis court could be that space. Any underground parking structure could be that space. Right. So it's like, you know, I, I think again, is it going to be a big hit? Is everyone going to play in the style? I don't know if that's going to be the case. But I think it's good enough that it should be. <laughs> but but I will <laughs> right. say, you know, that there's a big enough, uh, you know, industry now or consumer base where even if you're like a niche hit, it could still be multiple millions of dollars. It could be still very successful. Right. So, okay. like, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a hit. Well, I think it'd be as big as Beat Saber. Like, you know, again, yeah, like <laughs> it's hard to judge if, you know, of course. if everything was like, are you going to be as big as Beat Saber? Uh, no, but yeah, no. even if you're not, you could still be a huge, huge hit. Right. And right. so yeah, I, I think at least in terms of experiences that I've tried, I would say it's definitely one of the best experiences on the wow. quest. And um, I, I think, yeah, a lot of people are going to have a lot of fun. And okay. I think that's what yeah, it comes so, down to, right? It, yeah, exactly. So definitely pick it up. 9th of September is going to launch and yeah, I can't wait for it and I'm so looking forward to try it out. You know, and I, I love that they are so bold of trying out something new. You know, you, you can't even start that new mode if you don't have the 10 by 10 
10 playing space. So you've tried it out, and um, how do you make that 10 by 10 um, space? Just like the normal way, right? You yeah, you just go into the Guardian, just, and you yeah. just go, but you just realize, like, you go to the Guardian, and it, like, is a box, right? Like, how big, like, how wide it can. So start in the center of where you want to be and start drawing right, out your Guardian, okay. and then just start getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Wow, and bigger. that's going to be so interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so Space Pirate Trainer DX 9th of September, um, Tipitat gives it a two thumbs up, so let's try it out. Okay, then the next topics are about the Quest 2, and the Quest 2 is getting, yeah, more amazing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, right? What, what they're doing with that, it's, it's unbelievable. So the Oculus Quest 2, there is a 128-gigabyte model now that, that went on sale, and it's cost the same price as the 64-gigabyte model, so $299.00. An amazing price for an amazing headset, right? It, just getting better, just getting cheaper in that way. And also the software is getting better too. It's crazy, like how they're pumping out that new software, right? It's it's like it feels like every couple of weeks there's a new update and it introduces some cool new features. Now, what do we get now? They're combining Facebook and Oculus friends for your chatting. There is like Oculus Move tweaks where you can now set up your weekly goals for your fitness if you want to use the Quest for fitness. Then it's easier now to share and download the media that you have like recorded on your Quest 2 to your phone and then you can share it from there. There is in-headset app gifting. It's simply getting better and better. And yeah, even for the Quest 1, it was also just like this. The Quest 1 also simply got better with all these software updates. And the same thing now for the Quest 2. So, Tipitad, I want to ask your general opinion about the Quest 2. So, I on this channel, I was very, and I'm, I'm still, I must say, I'm still a critic of this forced Facebook login. You know, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, they would have even sold more if they wouldn't have done that. And in my opinion, they should have done it like uh, voluntarily. Just make a service so good, like Horizon or whatever, that you want to do this voluntarily. Sign up with your Facebook account. What is your general um, thoughts about this part and also that Facebook is now, yeah, the, the most powerful, yeah, company in our industry. So many things to ask you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go but, ahead, well, go at it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think fundamentally though, like Facebook's earned it, right? Like they've earned that position. Like yeah, they sure. didn't fall into it. It wasn't an accident, right? No, like no, they invested right. when no one else would, you know, they doubled down when other people left. So like, yes, you know, you're right. like, I, I definitely feel like, you know, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has that vision, has that like, yeah, we want to make this happen. We're going to make this happen. And that's incredible. Like, that's amazing mm -hmm. to me. Uh, I, I do, you know, again, worry like, okay, will it just be them? But no, of course not, right? Like, mm -hmm. if someone succeeds big enough, then others are going to join in. And of course, I will say too, like, you know, like, especially in the tech circles, like, like Facebook gets the most publicity, but really, like, PlayStation VR already sold oh, 5 yeah. million before even the it, Quest, or maybe I guess when the Quest 1 had launched, right? But right. so, you know, and they've announced the PSVR 2, and that looks amazing. So I think, you know, again, mm -hmm. we see the Index and Valve continually selling very well. Like, there's definitely a lot of other players out there, but, you know, Facebook rightfully earns their top spot right now. Will they hold it? Well, I think, you know, again, we're, very, we're in very early uh, in the innings of this game, and I think 
once people start realizing, you know, other giants like ByteDance will jump in and, and we're right. going to see a lot more movement like that. And of course, uh, the rumors of Apple and when they will jump in, you know, they're the biggest you know, elephant in the room when it comes to, you know, kind of computing platforms. And so I, I think we're in for exciting times. Uh, I'm not overly worried about Facebook's dominance, but I also okay. feel like, you know, they paid their dues. They get to be right. with that because they believed when others didn't. Um, and so... You know, in terms of the Quest and what they've done with the Quest 2, I think it's fantastic. I love that. You know, again, they're giving people more for the same price, right? Bumping up from 64 to 128. Right. But also, like you said, the software is so much better now. Like, it's a wow. much better product when it launched, and it was already a great product. So, yeah, I love that they're, you know, committed to it, continued to, you know, getting the most value out of this product, not abandoning it, not just trying to put out a new model every year just for the sake of it. You know, I, I really feel like, okay, there's, they're approaching this in the right way. Okay, and there is still so much potential in the Quest 2. I believe it's not even used at its full potential. There's not even so many like uh, games out there which would only use the XR2 chipset. So I think it's still full of potential. And I agree with you. They have absolutely paid their dues, and they are the ones who are pushing it to go full in. Other companies like Google, they could have been at the same spot right now, right? But Google totally let it go. With Daydream, they just thought like, no, we're going to wait until somebody else does it. Okay, so Facebook is doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, probably it's going to be a bit tough. Do you believe that Google will come back again for will come back again for VR, or do you think they would simply go to AR directly? I mean, it's hard to say with a company, okay. you know, as big as Google. But you know, again, they had. Like you said, the daydream, they had a yeah. sixth off, you know, tracking yeah, daydream. Exactly. And then I tried a prototype of a sixth off uh, with hand track controllers that were sixth off oh. and and black and white pass through, like AR oh, no. pass through. And it, it, it was pretty good. Like, and this was years, you know, this yeah. was years ago. Um, but, you know, if you don't have someone at the top that is that strong of a believer pushing it forward, yeah. Even when things are kind of not taking off as fast as some people thought, then you know this is how this is where it goes. Um, You're yeah, right. right. But yeah, you know, again, if we if VR continues to prove itself as more than just a gaming system, right, and tends to be more of a general purpose computing platform, or again, if the metaverse really starts to come to fruition sooner rather than later, and that VR is the best way to, to get into the metaverse, then we'll definitely see Google right. and others kind of come back into it. Sure. I mean, they must, obviously, right? Again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I still want to talk with you a bit more about Facebook at, the, at this moment in time being like the de facto, the de facto uh, most powerful company in this and how they also, in my opinion, do misuse their power. And actually, one of your portfolio companies had to yeah, feel that, the your, the your Fitness app, right? So... Um, yeah, basically, they didn't stand a chance because Oculus simply copied that or Facebook copied that with Oculus Move. And then it was tough for you, right? How do you feel about this kind of things? I mean, honestly, this is just a, a lesson of startups and startups in okay. general, right? Like anytime okay. Google, Apple, anyone can kind of try to copy or do what you're doing. And you just have to either out-innovate, okay. do it better than they can do it, or pivot and move on to something right. else, right? Okay. Like, and, and this is just the nature of startups, right? Like. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're playing in, you know, the ecosystem of, uh, you know, Facebook, right? Like, we're like, okay, well, if Facebook copied your idea, well, 
maybe you go on somewhere else. You know, maybe you double down on your efforts on Steam or you go elsewhere, right? Like okay. that is also a possible. Yeah, you know, like so there's lots of different moves to make, even if a big company tries to copy you. But what I think is also interesting too is like, you know, certain ideas just don't uh, are less copyable or you know, and those are the ones that are more valuable. And when I think about it, it's never about the ideas, it's always about the execution that makes right, a startup fit, right, right. Got it. And Got it. I, I look back at that, you know, and again, you know, when you think about this like 3D content sharing, right? Like mm -hmm. doing being the repository of 3D models, right? There was a company called Sketchfab, right? And right. recently acquired by Epic. So yes. Microsoft put out a competing product, right? You know, Google put out a competing product. Right. Both of them shuttered their product to get it yeah. to work. They right? totally and then, failed. Right. You know, Sketchfab got a good, you know, acquisition by by Epic. And you know, so you know, part of it is like, you know, even when other people are doing it, then you there's still move uh areas to zig when they're zagging. And the thing right. about large companies is, you know, they're always gonna be slower, right? Because they are large companies. That's the whole thing about you know startups and how small teams can innovate and out out innovate some of these big players. I agree, but I think for Facebook, they seem to be like super bullish and also like super fast. So companies like like your, they don't even have the, the time to to really like um, evolve or get bigger because, well, Facebook is doing their own thing like so fast, copying it like one by but, one. Like it's, it's I tough. Mean, for a small look company, at this example of it's, like it's Horizons, of Horizons yeah. Workplace and Spatial, right? right, right. It's like, yeah, like so now they're putting out a product it's kind of competing against them well what do all the other places that are doing like vr meeting companies do and it's just like okay well yeah. you know you either specialize or get other parts or again if you've really amassed because you've you know been out to the market a little longer and you have a community like you have a little bit of a lead to kind of think okay well what can you do with that right mm -hmm. i still think that there's plenty of moves to be made um and a company like uh, why you are like i wouldn't count them out yet just because again Facebook copied some of their features. You know, they have a right. lot of other things they are working on. And and it's always too like they copy what's available. They don't copy okay. what's down the road. Right. Okay. So it's like right. if you are always just, you know, you're chasing the tail. You're not chasing forward. Okay, cool. So I, I, honestly, oh. I, I, I think <laughs> again, like I know a lot of people are worried about like is Facebook just gonna, you know, look at what you're doing and just copy it. And you're like, well. If Facebook can out execute, or not just Facebook, if anyone can out execute your idea better than yeah. you can, that's not the idea you should be working on. Okay. And there should be something else you should be doing. Perfect. Yeah. Really exciting lessons that we also learn from you from today's interview. Cool. <laughs> Perfect. So now let's talk about another news item. It's the Valve Index. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's still it's still kind of hard. It's still selling like hotcakes, and it's still like uh, like one of the 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 under uh, the top ten or top even top five things that are being sold by Steam. And they didn't even need to go down with the price, even though the device is already like two years old. What are your thoughts about the Valve Index, and what what are your thoughts about like a successor? Of the Valve Index, do you see it anytime soon, and is it going to be a standalone, or what are your thoughts about where Valve needs to go first? Probably you know everything already. <laughs> I, I, honestly, <laughs> Valve is a black box. Like okay. Apple, like, you, you, know, they, you don't know the. Do. Like I know okay. some folks there, and they're super nice, but they never tell me anything. Okay, um, even if you but, knew, you couldn't say it here. Also, oh, it makes sense. <laughs> so tell what, us what, what your thoughts. Your thoughts. I think it's phenomenal. I think again, it just speaks to how good of a product you yeah. know Valve put out when they said, "Okay, we want to create a very high-end consumer product." They're like, "Okay, 
and they nailed it. Like two years later, people still willing to pay the full retail price for it. Yeah. Like, that's that's awesome. Beautiful. That's great. Beautiful. And, and it's a great device. I still like it. The audio is still the best audio experience. Absolutely. You know, it, it, there's so much, you know, like the Knuckles controllers are like some of the best, like, you know, in terms of the design. And I like that the PlayStation VR 2 hopefully is taking some of those um, ideas into consideration for their controllers. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. In terms of what they're doing next and where they're going, I, honestly, I, so I, full, I have no idea. But <laughs> what I love is, you know, this idea, you know, they're committed to the high end. To, to a great experience, to the best right. consumer experience that you can have. And so what I would like to see is kind of them doubling down on these kinds of things. And I, I think the all-in-one and the, you know, the competition to go mass market, like Facebook already owned that. There's no point in them kind of trying to follow that, right? Like, okay. I don't want to see Valve try to build a Honda. I want them to, I want to see them mm -hmm. continue to make, you know, Ferraris, right? Like, I feel like that's, that's what right. they're doing. And so it makes sense. It, in that same way, you know, I think it was, um, gosh, why am I blinking on his name? Bradley, um, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the modder, the Half-Life Alex modder, that's also a YouTuber content creator. Sadly, it's Bradley. Yeah, Sadly exactly. Yeah. You're so right. he, you know, he, he goes through the deep dive of all of right. the patent exactly. filings and he's like variable focal. That's going to be the next big, like, wow. or multifocal will be the next big innovation in the valve headset. And I think, you know, yeah. that could be valuable. That could be nice. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably, you know, again, thinking, how do you get a more higher end experience? Right. I think one of the more interesting things is if you listen, listen to Valve, what they've talked about, it's a lot about uh, BCI, brain computer interfaces. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they've talked about how they're working with the open BCI team and this idea of, you know, can they create more input to create more compelling games? I think that's super exciting. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be in the next index, uh, but you know, overall, I, I will say one thing. I think the the thing that speaks the loudest is, gosh, and I don't want to be negative, but uh, but like it's it's really just shown how far HTC has kind of fallen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where you're like, yeah, you know, when they yeah you know, when they first partnered together to put out the first you know uh, Vive, you know, it was a great product, but then you know something happened. I don't know. The relationship broke apart. Valve you know, is building their own. It's still you know top seller still at the full price i think you know hcc5 has put out three or four different headsets none of them you know uh, at least on the pc headsets have been successful and you know now they've actually gone back to the old design with the new one at least the old like you know industrial yeah, design protein, even though yeah, there's exactly, new yeah. uh you know internal components so it is a better experience than the previous vibes but still it, it's definitely like you know cosmos was a bad direction yeah, I hear, I hear good things about the Focus 3. I haven't tried it yet. I think yeah, you know, you've tried it. Yeah. But, you know, but just that thought of like, okay, well, would it make sense for Valve to do an all-in-one headset? Like, no, they don't have a store that works exactly, on yeah. all-in-one headset hardware unless cloud streaming was possible or streaming from that you know, PC was possible. Or, you know, people are like, oh, well, they have the new Steam Deck and maybe you can plug in a, a low-powered mm -hmm. VR headset into mm -hmm. that. Maybe. But honestly, like, I don't care about any of that. Like, <laughs> okay. I'd rather have Valve pushing PCVR up the high end, headset. thinking about BCI, thinking about okay. like more input. Like, I would love to see, especially you know the Steam tracking. I, this is the one thing I will give HC credit for. You know, they have been pushing for like you know cameras to get the mouth tracking. You right. know, more right. you know the trying to get out a new version of the Vive trackers so people can do you know full body tracking. And mm -hmm. if you've ever seen a breakdance battle in VR chat, then you know mm -hmm. like. Yeah, There's still cool. so much cool stuff to be out Absolutely. there, right? And so I, I, I hope that 
you know, Valve continues to push on the high end of consumer PC and, you know, let the Facebooks and others kind of push right. for the mass market McDonald's of VR. <laughs> yeah, probably probably they will go that route. I agree. And yeah, I also agree. If they would do a standalone headset, they wouldn't have a store unless they would bring the Steam VR library to the cloud. It's absolutely possible. I've tried some cloud XR stuff like Plutosphere. It works beautifully. <laughs> I was actually surprised how well the cloud XR works. But I believe that so right now... Even it's in Germany? The, even, even in Germany, in Germany yeah. it, the streaming worked well for you? Yeah, it, it worked well. I was using... Um, they are coming from AWS, from the, mm. from the local German AWS. So, yeah, I have under 20 milliseconds of delay. So it worked perfectly fine. So I think they are they would be kind of ready for for kind of cloud stuff. Yeah, but probably yeah, still not enough people have the fast connections. Uh, probably in I the US you have, I don't know. Here in Germany it's just I, a case. No, I mean I, I think it's really going to need 5G and, and the okay, extra low yeah, latency right. of 5G to make it like mainstream. Like I think you know, again, very specific people that and especially people that aren't too like motion sickness prone, they, you know, they could probably deal with it, but I think to make it something like mass market I think yeah. we'll definitely need lower latency uh, connect than what we got. Yeah, right, right. So uh, when do you think are we going to get our VR experiences from the 5G cloud? How many years, yeah. is, it, how many years is it away in your opinion? I mean, again, it'll vary by region. Yeah, right. Right, right. like city by city. But I think, yeah, like in, in like at least like at least one to two years. Is oh, my so early! Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward well, to that future. <laughs> I, I th well, again, it depends on which which major city you're in. But yeah, sure, I, sure. I think I was reading somewhere in China. It's like yeah. the majority of their cities are already wired for 5G. Or in Korea, so, they could probably do it right now. Yeah, yeah, in Korea, <laughs> yeah. right? So, yeah, uh, yeah. But but I think at least when I think about the U.S. and the U.S. and the major U.S. markets, I think okay, one to two years, hopefully. Because again, it's not just about the 5G. It's like you know, Plutosphere and other. It's like they have to develop the software that takes full advantage of that stack as well. Right. And so, right. yeah, I, I think we're going to see it. But, you know, has to be, what I was thinking about is like, you know, you're building the foundation, you have to have the you know 5G pipe, then you have the software guys build on top of that, right? And you have the protocols and then the apps, right? So right. take some time to build up, even when you have 5G, you know, fully deployed, which, uh, yeah, I don't think it's still readily okay. available for everyone. Okay, let's say in two years we're going to have it, and I'm, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to that. Half Life Alex <laughs> on Quest. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, absolutely. I, I tried it here; it works perfectly fine. Very cool, very cool. The Plutosphere is very impressive. Those guys are. <laughs> it is pretty. Yeah. Uh, they they are going for it. I like it. So um, talking about the Valve Index and talking about PCVR, lots of some people, lots of people say PCVR is dead because the Quest is so successful. But you're shaking your head. So tell us about your opinion about PCVR. Does it have a future? I mean, it's going to the cloud, right? <laughs> is mobile gaming because mobile gaming is a bigger market? Does that make console gaming and PC gaming dead? No. I love that. I love that comparison. Right? Exactly. They're, it's big enough. It's not one or the other, right? Like there's right. enough for all, and they're different styles. And, you know, yeah. I play both PC and I play both mobile gaming, just like I play Same console here. gaming, PC gaming, mobile gaming, right? Like, uh, yeah, I, I think part of it comes from this, like, okay, when you're talking to developers, what should you focus on, right? And you're like, mm -hmm. okay, well, your best chance of success would be on Quest. But of course, just like on console, right? Like going through and getting approval from, the developers uh, of the consoles are pretty hard. Getting like a Sony PlayStation dev kit is not the easiest thing. And it's like, okay, it's easier to just put <laughs> okay. something out on Steam. You're and right. so, you know, there's always that kind of balance of like figuring out, you know, what's the right thing if you're a small startup that doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of funding. Um, and so, you know, 
I do feel like it is silly again in terms of like don't spend time engaging on weird Twitter, you know, feuds. Yeah. Like okay. It, makes sense. It, it, <laughs> it makes to sense. To me it's like a non issue. It's not even something that you would want like to to like there are still huge successful games on PC VR, right? Yeah, like of that course. can launch and, and there will be more. And mm-hmm. but you know, probably are because there of more? the PSVR two even more yeah. because people yeah. now will put more energy into it again, right? And also too, like like we see it too in the Steam data, like some of the largest percentage of PC VR players are actually Quest players, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can use the Quest for PC VR, and so oh, many people yeah. do. And so in that way, right? Like, are there more hits, like more games on mobile or all-in-one VR that are successful? Right. Yes. But that doesn't okay. mean there won't be successes on PC VR. Okay, got it. So talking about PC VR, I, I, I need to geek out with you about the Vario yeah. again. <laughs> I mean, we, we, <laughs> did or- we, we, we did already talk about it in the beginning, but boy, is that amazing. So for all people who don't know that yet, Vario is a company that is doing like high-end VR headsets actually for business applications. The newest headsets are the VR3 and the XR3. Both high-end headsets, one does have that perfect pass-through that I haven't checked out, but that Tipitat was talking in the beginning of our um, show. And the VR3 is simply that super high-end VR headset with that super high resolution. They have actually two screens for each eye in the the middle, in in the focus area. They have like such a high pixel per degree that it's actually... Yeah, like the real world. It's mind-blowing. And around that, they have a 2,800 by 2,700 display, which is also by itself already better than everything that's on the market. Like when you play Steam VR games, which I did, it is just like blowing you away. So I, I've had the device here in order to, to check it out for, for business. Yeah, but I played games with it. Come on, Tupatat, you, you also played games with it. Yeah. Admit it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, yeah, so um, what I want to ask you, we all know it makes sense for business, right? If you if you work on if you work on high-end CAD models, if you need perfect eye tracking, it makes so much sense. So that price of like like $4,000 with an $800 fee for, per year, it makes sense for businesses because yeah, they they don't need the real machines, they can have everything in VR and that kind of investment, it will, yeah, it will pay out very soon for these big companies. But people who are watching this this podcast, they are excited about a consumer version. And I want to ask you, would it make sense to make a version for consumers? And what do you think would be a price that consumers would still pay for that? Okay, uh, it's a good question. Like honestly, like it's hard to tell what computers will, uh, com- uh, what consumers will pay for. You know, you still have like again, we talked about the index. It's already you know selling for a thousand full yeah. kit in. Yeah, right. It's still doing very well. So definitely, you know, the, the ability to do something more expensive seems like it's very likely. But you know, I think part of the problem too is like if you look at the Vario headset, right? It's it's not just the dual display, which is super impressive and super nice, but like even the little things, right? Which is, so it has eye tracking because you really want your eye centered to see the sweet spot of the high resolution. And then you want like, so it it does automatic IPD adjustment. It does all of these other nice things that, you know, it just makes it easier for uh, different types of people to put on the headset and try it out and get the best experience. And those are things that, again, add to the cost right it has to have a cooling system has to have all these other things like and so you know it's like even if they try to mass market and bring it down in price 
like I, I couldn't see it like you know I couldn't see it being like super super cheap because it is a premium product but at the same way you know I, I, I'm not saying like you know when people are saying hey Ferrari can you make me a twenty thousand dollar car it's like well is that yeah. still a ferrari yeah you probably don't want it right you probably want to have that high high yeah, end yeah, experience yeah, yeah. right yeah and, and, and i would say and it's worth it at that high-end experience like right is it worth like you know it, it, it's to me the way i think about it was i remember at oculus connect like um michael abrash you know he's the head of the facebook reality labs sure. like on the r&d side and he was talking about okay to get retina resolution it will take us 10 years right <laughs> here we are now 2021 <laughs> the vario pitch was hey we can do that we have it today like we could do that this year like we'll release a dev yeah. kit and it will show you what that is and that's how they got us on board where it's like okay if you could shortcut 10 years and so now we're, we're closer we're like five years away from that that, that uh, artificial um hypothesis timeline but yeah, right. it's like what would you pay to have that five-year leap in time to get retina resolution today right um yeah yeah you know what actually i believe that there is a market right now especially for those um yeah flight simmers yeah. they already invest so much in in the whole setup right that the, the motion seat and they would they would definitely pay $2,000 or even $2,500 if it wasn't for that yearly fee. You know, that yearly fee, mm -hmm. they obviously, they, they don't want it. They don't need that kind of feedback, uh, support that other companies need. So I believe, I honestly believe that Vario would sell like a lot of these headsets and they would be more visible in our industry because, yeah, well, consumers, right? Consumers will pick this up. And they would directly put themselves into this high-end consumer market. They would probably own it. They would probably completely own it from day one. That is what I think. <laughs> well, what you should do is Valve, if you're listening, yeah. Gabe, buy Vario, yeah. make that the index yeah. too. And yeah, boom, exactly. You're, it's they, good. It's good. There to go. you have it. There go. you have it's it. Good to go. Exactly. No, no. But seriously, like you know, the one the one thing I think about too is like. Why is it important? And you know, when you're talking about like how good is this retina resolution? What does it mean? Oh, that's good. Unlocking good. new, uh, you know, applications. Like you talked about flight sim, right? Like yeah. You, with the Vario headset, it's I think it's the Swedish government has finally like certified that training in the Vario headset with the flight sim is as good as going up in the air. Wow! And so you get the okay. same cre credits, okay. and so you're like, that's how good it is. And so you're like, okay, the Vario headset seems kind of expensive but compared to taking out an airplane and flying it <laughs> yeah it's exactly. a steal it's right? a steal it's just freaking so, cheap <laughs> but but right. you know going back to what you're saying though you know i, I do think you know another way you know to get it out there and get, you know, start a petition if enough people sign it and say hey okay. yeah yeah we would okay. pay for it i like you it. Know, at this price yeah. point yeah you know, if, if, if it could get <laughs> Maybe ten thousand people to sign up at a two thousand dollar price point. I think. Point. I think yes. I think they yeah, would. I, I think. I think they would listen. I think they would, <laughs> maybe. Maybe it'd have to be like fifty thousand for them to get the green light. But but I think okay. it could be achievable. Um, I think I, I I already have some kind of petition out there. Like I made it through <laughs> okay. the lens video and I said, to people, I, "Okay, I did, if you want, I tweeted it. I retweeted yeah, yeah, it. I was exactly. like, hey, get, get people. I was like, I'm behind this. Tell them I'm <laughs> yeah, just perfect, a yeah. you know I'm an early investor. I'm not on the board. I I, I can't control what they do. Uh, but you know, I, I will say the other thing too." If you just think about you know what they've been doing though you know every couple of years the new headset comes out and yeah. it's half the price with more mm -hmm. performance exactly and so they yeah. are on that curve they so are hopefully they, are they can the get there you know within a couple of years to that 2000 add up you know even you know 
more comfort and all these other things. We'll see. Yeah, but I, I I do think that video that you also shared on your Twitter it did send a very clear message to Vali because it, it it's like one of my best videos. Like, like I think like one hundred and seventy thousand views and lots of likes and people are writing yeah yeah take my money <laughs> like go crazy you know <laughs> yeah yeah so I think they got the message. Vario, if you're watching this, and I know you're watching this, you know we want it. We want it for consumers. You know, Tipper Tad and me, well, we, we have it, and it's just so nice, right? And then when you go back to the normal headsets, suddenly you, you get to see, oh, there are pixels. You know, before, I, I, I still love the G2 and the Quest 2, but now going back to these headsets, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, but, yeah. I've seen that super high resolution, you know. I, I will say it, it is one of those things though, where it is like if the game's good enough, it kind of like goes through it, right? like like yeah. you know, like you just get like sucked into the game, like even if it was like yeah, like growing up, you know, I, I, you know, we just watch stuff on low fidelity or whatever fuzzy CRT screens, and yeah, right, it was good. Right. And, and of course, it can be better. It can be better. It's hard to go back sometimes, but exactly, some yeah. things just tra like translate. Yeah, I, I still watch a lot of content on my mobile phone. <laughs> it's sure, like the tiny sure. little screen. Yeah, uh, but, right. but, but but I hear awesome. what you're saying though. I hear what you're yeah. saying, and <laughs> yeah, I definitely like it, it. Is a joy though to bring have people come in uh, and let them try the Vario headset and have them experience it, and it's like especially for people that have been a little jaded to be like oh my gosh no no vr still can blow minds and can still uh, you know impress and exactly it's cool to see exactly perfect so let's talk about another really exciting interesting topic and i'm i can't wait to hear what you think about it so we're going to talk about tiktok the owner of tiktok tiktok byte dance probably going to take over pico which is a vr headset maker from china they are very successful in china and they have just released a new headset which is basically the quest 2 of china of or of asia not available in the west in the west is going to be the the pico neo 3 pro which is like going to be sold to enterprises and tipitad i want to hear about your opinion what does it mean for the market do you believe that probably ByteDance, like like a really like a powerful company just like uh, facebook it is in the west right with with the same uh, deep pockets do you think that uh, probably pico is going to try to get to the west as well for the consumer market or is it more like a strategic investment to get to ar and to get to the tracking and uh, just like the same same thing that facebook did with oculus what are your thoughts about tiktok probably going to take over pico no, I think this is actually one of those huge moments that, like, if oh, it happens, really? wow. just wow. like how Facebook bought Oculus, like, you know, we wouldn't be here uh, in that same way. Like, you think about it in China, it hasn't happened because Facebook can't operate there, right? So there is no Quest in China. And you think about how big of a market China is. It's the biggest market, right? Like, and so, you know, what, what people are worried, like, is Facebook going to own VR? Are they going to own the metaverse? Like, well, maybe they might own the Western metaverse, but they might not <laughs> okay. own the global metaverse, right? And so, right. you know, in that way, like, I think in the small, you know, view of this, okay, well, maybe they'll just bring VR to China and kind of rule that ecosystem. But I think like you're saying, like, the bigger thing is to be the global empire, right? And I really hope it is a bigger vision. And, you know, just how they brought, like, you know, TikTok to the West, and now that TikTok is super, I mean, I, you know, I think that opportunities there of course this raises a whole bunch more issues in terms of like you know data privacy and you know i think there's already concerns about like you know is facebook you know the best uh you know trust 
trustworthy steward of our uh, biometric data that you know VR can have. And you're like, well, what does that mean for ByteDance and others? Right, right. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think a lot of this is gonna be that uh, you know learning and figuring it out in the open and kind of seeing what it is. But more importantly, we need bigger players. We need more players. We need bigger players. So I'm super excited for this. I think this is one of those wow. important moments that we're gonna look back on and be like, yeah. You know, I, I think what's really interesting too is like, you know, if we think about things, right? Like it was, you know, Apple and Google, uh, you know, with the Android or Microsoft, you know, we, we think of like these guys as being the bigger players. And then of course, you know, when Facebook came up, they're like, okay, well, no, we want to own the next platform. So that's why we're getting Oculus. And now that Oculus has kind of proven that VR could be the next platform. Now we have others taking notice and, you know, especially the big players in China being like, like a bite dancing, Hey, okay, no, we need to compete and we're going to throw okay, our hat in wow. the ring. And so it, it's, pretty amazing to see uh, but it makes a lot of sense okay makes a lot of sense so do you think it could be like actually competition for facebook even even in the west it could be uh again it's hard to say but although what, what i think is actually really interesting too is if we think about global and the big opportunity like the market in china is so big and big enough in itself that it's like man they could just own china and That's more than enough. Okay, <laughs> yeah, right, right. A huge, alone huge player, that market right? yeah, 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 is yeah, enough, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's interest. It's more of that. But, like, but, but TikTok is so is so um, successful also in the West. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Like it's it's a it's a huge huge kind of but player. It's also telling though that they have this ambition where they're like, okay, you know what? Like we're going after, yeah. You know, they're not trying to compete against snap and just build a little like, you know, AR competitor, like lens, you know, thing on the AR side, like a companion app to TikTok. They're making right. a bigger play, which to me would seem like, again, they, they get this idea of the metaverse and, and, you know, thinking that this type of headset could be one of the big important on-ramps onto the metaverse. And I think that would be the right play. I, I, I know what's interesting too, is like, you know, right now in the West, especially because of, you know, Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and how they talk about Facebook, but also Roblox, you know, people are talking about metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. But in China, like from what I've been hearing, they're talking about even more and they've been talking about for longer even about like, you know, how important this metaverse is and how important they need to be a part of it and get control of it. Wow. Yeah, the metaverse, that's going to be what we talk about in the second part of this interview episode of the Next Dimension podcast. So, wow, we've already spent like more than one hour just talking about the current stuff. In the second part, we're going to talk about the VR fund, your investments. So what do you think about the metaverse and all these exciting things? Before we get to the second part, we're going to do a one-minute break and, well, we'll see you all in one minute. Until then. Okay. <laughs> here we are. And, we, and we're back here for the second part of today's interview episode with Tipatat Chenavasan, the general manager and co-founder of the Venture Reality Fund. Now, in the first part, we talked about the yeah, current topics which was exciting and already way longer than I thought we would talk about this. And now, now we're going to get deeper into the investment side of our favorite industry with uh, Tipitat being one of the major players. So if you are a budding entrepreneur and uh, well, you are in the XR space or AI space, not only that, right? probably also crypto actually, you can probably talk with Tipitat about that and well, give him your best pitch 
in Horizon Workrooms. <laughs> I will say we, we aren't doing crypto. Oh, you do a bit, so, a bit uh, with we, the with Theta, right? A bit, a bit, a bit. So they actually started as an immersive project that ah, pivoted okay, okay. to crypto, but we don't. We don't specifically seek out crypto and blockchain, okay, unless they okay. have like a VR, AR, AI angle. Yeah, well, there are some, right? Like yeah, like some in space, Decentraland, or something. Yeah. There's lots of things going on. And like on. you said, with Theta as well, right? But, right, but it right. wouldn't be like a pure. <laughs> okay, so so you blockchain. you are into into XR, into our favorite yes. industry. Perfect, yeah, perfect. So we got to know already a bit about how you get into it, but. Again, so you started with a, a mobile, with a producing content, right? Tell us a bit more about this and tell us a bit more how you got into the investment side because it's quite a different thing. Sure. Yeah, I think part of it too was, was just understanding the entrepreneurial world. So yeah, I'd always worked okay. for startups, but for the most part, I was more like on the art side, the product side, the uh, you know, development side, R&D side, all these other things. And it wasn't really until you know, I tried to do my own mobile game startup with a you know, good college friend of mine. You know, we jumped in, you know, we learned about, you know, the whole startup, you know, fundraising, talking to investors. We did an incubator accelerator program. So, you know, we kind of understood the like early stage entrepreneurship. And then that gave me, you know, kind of the knowledge and understanding that when I made the jump to like the VC side of things, I brought with me, you know, technical understanding of VR and AR technologies because I'd used them my whole career. Um, but also understanding of you know working with the startup world, how to talk to both you know VCs, but also other startup entrepreneurs. Okay, great. So, what excites you about being an investor in the XR space? So you've already told us about like um, yeah your first moments in VR and how that was that transformative yeah moment for you where you thought like okay this is the future. But now, tell me, um, what excites you about investing into companies now, into budding companies? And what is your vision for these companies or in general for your work as the guy who funds those companies? Well, I, it's not just me, again. The, the yeah, of course. It's of me course. and my partner, Marco. But, and, and, exactly. Yeah, sure. And the team uh, behind you, yes. of course. <laughs> uh, and also, too, there's a lot of other great investors that we co-invest in this space, right? Yeah. So there's, I think, a lot of people that are excited for VR and AR. But I, I definitely love being at the Vanguard and kind of, you know, when you're talking about, like, what is really interesting or what's exciting about what I get to do, like, first and foremost, it's talking to other investors, or sorry, entre mm. talking to other entrepreneurs and founders okay. and trying to help them, right? Like, I think that's the okay. end of the day is that we're just yeah. trying to trying to make XR happen sooner rather than later, right? And we're trying to make it in the best way possible. I think, you know, right now, too, uh, uh, there's a lot of debate about metaverse. Is it good? Is it bad? And, you know, <laughs> we have these debates, too, with VR. Is it good? Is it bad? And I feel like, okay, well, by picking and choosing companies to invest in, I can help drive that not the conversation, but the actuality of it, right? And pushing mm -hmm. it into the direction I think can make the most sense. Like, you know, like I said, right? Like my aha moment for VR was that it's more than gaming. And so we've made almost as many investments in healthcare companies mm -hmm. as we have mm -hmm. in VR and gaming companies, right? With the fund. And actually a majority of our investments have been on the enterprise side. And so seeing things like oh, in the training and, you know, like, I know you're going to ask me this later, but like, yeah, everyone always asks, like, what's your favorite company? It's like so hard to pick because they're all so different, but right. they're all doing such impactful work. Whether, you know, again, a company like Beat Saber showing what a successful VR game can be, but also helping 
hundreds of thousands of people lose weight. Like so many people are getting oh, yeah. fit and healthy You're right. by mm-hmm. playing Beat Saber. It's phenomenal, <laughs> right? But we also had a company, uh, they're called Apprentice, and they create an AR solution for life science laboratories for pharmaceutical companies. Okay. And we invested in them like three or four years ago. When COVID happened, all of a sudden they went from being something that's nice to have to, oh, we needed it yesterday. And they helped fast track some of the COVID vaccines. Oh, wow. And so to know that, that like VR, AR technologies are being used to help solve the world's biggest problems today. Like, yeah. that's yeah. phenomenal. And that's so, a good feeling. You, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like when you're saying, like, what's possible? What's out there to prove that VR is more than just gaming? To prove that, you know, uh, great entrepreneurs can build companies that have hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Like, that's so compelling, so exciting, and so happy mm-hmm. to see, like, you know, Rec Room became our first official, you know, oh, software it. unicorn. Um, and, you know, in, in a fund, you know, you're lucky to have one in the first 10 years and, you know, halfway through the life cycle of the fund. It's like five years into VR, we have, a, you know, a VR software unicorn, right? Like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's, so, that's, congratulations to that. Here's oh, your you. portfolio. Here's your, your website. And that's and just yeah. some of them. Like, yeah, okay, we have more that we can't of... announce. Okay, but, okay, wow. But yeah. we've done over you? 40 Who knows? investments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we've done over 40 investments. And again, you know, a wide range of, of course, gaming, but also things like, you know, all sorts of different things like AR solutions for, you know, pharma labs, for AR, for automobile navigation. Some of the healthcare companies are ch- ch- uh, doing some of the most, like, mm-hmm. potentially world-changing um work where they could democratize high quality healthcare for everyone. Like it's so cool to see all these different areas where VR and AR could be used. And I, I think what was shocking to me is, you know, five, six years ago, right? Like, Oh, when I did that thing, I was like, Oh, this could happen. And now I've gotten very fortunate to back teams that are making it happen and showing that yes, VR, AR can change yeah. the world in these positive ways. And I love it. And it's even like viable financially. Like for example, Absolutely. right? Like, like like Facebook acquiring Beat Games or yeah. Google acquiring Alchemy Labs. These are exits which are probably very nice, especially if you're like, an early investor, right? And, and even if they didn't have, if even if they didn't exit, the revenue that they were making made them highly yeah. profitable companies. Yeah, of course, right? exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. But Beatsaber made over 180 million in three years. That's amazing. And, and you're like, okay, and this is off a small. You know, this was like really bef- like. Right when the Quest One had launched and Quest Two, or Quest One had been out, but the Quest Two was barely out yet, and they'd already sold a ton on PC VR, a ton on PlayStation VR, and so you know, it's like VR is uh, a place where entrepreneurs can be very successful, and it's super exciting. Great, great. Um, I want to ask you, what kind of stage do you normally invest in companies? So if I just um, have yeah, the the first version of of my app or whatever I do is it the right time to go to you or uh, what what stage are you investing yeah. in? What kind of sums I do you invest in normally? Sure, sure. So we're seed and Series A investors, and so okay. that typically means like you know your first institutional round. Well, we'll do checks anywhere from like half a million up to a million, maybe more, maybe less, yeah, depending. And we like to always bring co investors into the round with us. Okay. I think one of the things that you'll see, um, you know, in, in terms of when we invest, it's kind of changing as the market changes as well, right? Like, think about when we first started the fund, it was before the Oculus Rift had even launched, before right, the PlayStation right. VR had launched, right? So, you know, we had to take very early bets, not knowing what would happen. But now it's like, okay, 
like even a company like Beat Saber, we didn't get involved until after they had done their first launch. Like they already had like you know built out the game pretty much and were ready to launch when we finally met them and we're like, hey, like you know, do you need help? But what's really interesting too, though, is like so you you approached them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a oh, lot wow. of times, right? Like it, it's a combination, right? Like sometimes okay. we get intros, sometimes yeah. Uh, yeah. But what's what's really interesting is. Um, you know, kind of thinking about where we're at at, at at the ecosystem, it's it's like we're not at that point. Like, don't definitely don't come to me with like a pitch deck and an idea and saying, "Hey, okay. I want to build yeah. my first VR startup yeah, with you. you like, need give more. me some money." Right. It's like, no, 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 no. no. Like, there are, there are people out there like making stuff, putting it out in the store, showing right. success. So it's like, why would I give you know money to you versus, hey, there's already a team that already self published, already made a million in the Quest store. Right, why right. shouldn't they get the money? Right, like. It's uh, always so, about traction. Traction is yeah, yeah. <laughs> the word, right, in VC and, or in investing. And also, it makes to, sense. like, it takes so little to make a uh, you know a, a game or a VR product comparatively, right? Like back in the day, you need a lot of capital to start your business, but now it's like you know the tools are free, at least to do early development on. You know, you can access like you know the Quest is the dev kit, which is great. Like mm -hmm. you know, if it was a console, it'd be like okay. Well, yeah, sure. There's a console, but then you have to pay 10k for a dev kit or something like that, right? Like now, it's like okay, if you got 299, you have the VR Quest dev kit, right? Right, right. And then there are, and you know, even though you know, um, there could be, you know, it's harder to work with some of the like you know the platform guys. There are alternative ways, whether it's early access on Steam or using uh, you know SideQuest or App Lab. You know, there are ways of getting there quicker before getting you know final App Store approval, and so. Yeah, showing that traction is is much more more viable and feasible. That makes sense. And so, yeah, I, I was gonna say too, and, and then on the enterprise side too, right? Like it's like if you're building something, like I, I still get this a lot because like, you know there are a lot of new people that are coming to VR that you know just tried the quest and are coming to it new and haven't really realized that people have been working on this like trying to bring products to market um, for the last like five years, if not longer, right? And so. A lot of times too, it's a, it's a little bit of okay. Well, if you if you, if you're building something, you think that enterprises value it. You know, get those paid pilots. You know, mm -hmm. show that what you're building is really valuable enough that they'll pay even at the pilot stage. And then once you start converting those pilots, then you start talking to, uh, you know, more like VCs like me. Now, of right, course, right, that makes sense. There are earlier stage. They're like pre-seed VCs, right, or or angel investors, right, or um, there's also incubators, family, and fools, and friends. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> the, but you know, the very early ones. <laughs> I, I think it, it always is. It's funny though. I, I get so much pushback of like, oh well, I don't have rich uncles. I'm like, well, you know, at the same time, have you, you know, if you ever worked for someone, you know, your your boss, like, yeah. have they seen the good work that do they believe in you? Could they You're vouch right. for you? Right? Like, there's so many different ways to expand your network beyond your like family and friends. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. And it's not only money, right? I mean, money is uh, one part, but I believe that you, you're you um, you're giving those companies much more. Could you probably talk a bit more about that? Yeah, no. I, and I, again, I think this is what separates us from you know, a lot of other money that's out there. Both me and my partner, Marco, we have experience being entrepreneurs ourselves. He's been CEO right. and CFO of major companies. He's bought startups. That's actually how, how I met him when he bought my startup. Uh, but he's also <laughs> sold startups as well, or, or big okay. companies as well. Uh, and again, like I said, like, I'll probably be one of the few VCs that you that you'll meet that have used Unity professionally, that ha has used Maya, that knows like, you know, 3D and uh, all this kind of you know, the workflow and the tool chain. And although I haven't used it professionally in like, you know, half a decade now, uh, but I still understand, I still, uh, you know, speak this more. And Honestly, like 
how we help companies, you know, of course, you know, the capital comes first, advice, sure, you know, understanding what other people are doing in the space, knowledge, like we track and are aware of so many companies. Like we've talked to over 6,000 companies in the space. We wow. continually talk to the major players. We also talk to other investors. So we know what people are looking for, what you need to get ready to raise your next round. We can help you there. But also like, you know, other large companies, Fortune 500s are working, looking to work with VR companies, AR companies, uh, right. you know, need different technologies. We're often advising on those matters as well. And then, you know, honestly too, like my, my experience, uh, like one of our, our startups, they needed art assets. I even provided 3D art assets just because I love making wow. 3D okay. models in You're VR. very hands-on. So, like we can be whatever you yeah. guys need, but we don't force it, right? It's always whatever okay. the entrepreneur needs. Um, and, you know, I, I think fundamentally too, just trying to figure out like, you know, a lot of times where I feel like the most help happens is, you know, startups get so focused and you have to be focused on your customer and focus on your product. But a lot of times the BD side stuff, you know, knowing who to partner with, who to work with, what to build, what is out there to build um, versus what is out there to use. Like we have a really good eye on those kinds of things. Right. And then also there's the network. Since you said like you, you speak with so many people and then probably you just know, okay, this is the right person to talk to. And then you connect them and well, that might make the difference for the company, right? So networking yeah. is perfect, of course. Very and definitely, important. you know, one of the things I will say too, like, you know, whether we invest or not, you know, we're trying to help this whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can be helpful, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Okay, cool. So what I want to do to know next, like for example, like one of your portfolio companies being acquired by something like Facebook, how does it happen? And I just want to, I just want to understand, like, like um, uh, who breaks the news? Like, does does Facebook talk with you as an investor, or do they, no, they no. talk with Beat Games first, and yeah. and then they will talk with you? And well, then... I, I don't want to talk about specifics. Yeah, okay, and, and, of course, again, of course. It's, it's of always course. this thing where it's like you know. Typically, yeah. you know, there's a group of investors and, and yeah, sure, sometimes, you know, sure. depending on how mature the company is, there might be a board, but you know, yeah. a big company will come to the, to the startup, yeah. to the CEO and the, the founding team and be like, Hey, we're interested in acquisition. <laughs> and then those founders will probably come talk to their advisors, including their okay. investors and be like, right. Hey, here's an offer. Does it make sense? What can we do? And then of course, you know, we give feedback, they go a couple of rounds and then, you know, either it happens or it, do it doesn't. And right. you know, it is definitely interesting where a lot of people think oh hey is the acquisition the point of the start i'd actually say no like okay. you know really you okay. want to build a billion dollar company that stands upon its own like sure. an acquisition is a good outcome i don't want to say you know it, it, you shouldn't <laughs> the exit is also important <laughs> but i would also say too like when we're looking at companies we're not saying hey I, like if you're a founder it's like hey i'm looking for a, mm -hmm. a sell to uh, facebook or google it's not exciting like, then right no. I'm like, right, hey, right. how are you building a big company that's going to change the world? If you happen okay. to get acquired and that's necessary to do that, okay, that's fine. But I'd rather hear more about like, you know, mm -hmm. why is this opportunity world changing? Okay, that makes so much sense. Yeah, and you've just mentioned it. I'm going to ask you, what is? Uh, tell us about your favorite investments and why. I mean, uh, you you have you are, you are being asked this question quite a lot, but I still want to know it since I am so excited about some of the companies. And uh, just tell me a bit more, uh, like. What makes these companies that you are most excited about, like, why the reason for 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 your excitement? I mean, I, I think you know, again, I, I can go down each one of them and tell you the reason why I'm yeah, excited right. for each one of them. Okay, but I, right. I, I, will, I will just call it, you know, a couple that we talked about, like you know, 
beat games. Like the first time you play Beat Saber, right. you're like, oh it's my gosh, these guys magic, magic have made <laughs> something so good. And, and it was just like the level of polish on so many levels mm-hmm. and uh, you know understanding too like it's really interesting i i love this idea where people are like oh what's the opportunity in vr it's for small teams to create the next big game hit and to create new ips and to do things that other people haven't and it's like you know people are like oh vr that means it's going to be a fps fps has got to be like you know that makes so much sense for vr and it's like mm-hmm. no the biggest game in VR, full stop, by revenue, by user base, by everything, yes. is Beat Saber, right? And it's and and sure, it takes hints from other genres, but it's a pure VR native game. And right. you know, they, they hit so many good things. Like the the team is just so brilliant. And you know, like in terms of it's almost as you know, it's super fun to watch, but even more fun to play. Like they nailed that concept so well. And you know, of course, the easy to learn, hard to master. Um, you know, but it, it hits so many buttons. And then, like we talked about earlier, that, that idea, too, that it's actually proved out the thesis of VR fitness. So many people are like, oh, yeah, VR fitness. It makes no sense. It's like they were the prototype and they showed that that idea. Like what I really like is like it's one of those games that I still like, you know, I've been playing it now for over over three years because I got to play it right before it launched. And so I'm like, I still will play it every day and I still find it engaging and so fun and so compelling. It's um, incredible. Yeah. But, you know, when we're talking about, you know, again, having a company that helped fast track COVID vaccines, yeah, like well, a pr- the work that Apprentice is doing, I mean, yeah. already is impacting the world and so vital like you know i took one of the vaccines that they help fast track that's amazing how do they fast track this with with vr i'm not so familiar with this it's company. actually so ar so us. not vr okay. but okay. it's a remote assistance so, so the idea again is it's like it, you know especially when you're a laboratory worker you're going through this like hundred step process to create these complex pharma uh, you know vaccines right what ends up happening is you know especially during covid during the lockdown like you know they had to go like minimum capacity you know can have full staff because you don't can't have all the people in there and so you know they had to communicate with people in the outside world they had to see what they're doing they had to know what step they're working on and so they brought you know all this technology including ar into this to make sure that the process flows much more efficiently is much more smoother and error prone um and, and so that's the kind of work that they're doing it's it's really amazing wow. check out apprentice.io um but you know again like it's it's tough to say like you know Every single one of these companies that, that I've invested mm-hmm. in, I feel like that so many of them have these like similarish great stories. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I could talk too long about the companies, but I think, <laughs> okay, they're, they're just too off stop right there. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So if a company wants to become one of your portfolio companies, so um, how to get in front of you, how to get your attention? So for sure, let's say there is a company, they already have traction. They have to have traction. It's not about having a, an idea. They have the product already. They have um, they have already received some traction. They can show you what they have built, interest people, and it might become something exciting. How to get in front of your eyeballs? <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, always feel free to reach out to me, you know, I'm tipatat, T-I-P-A-T, at thevrfund.com or, you know, at tipatat on Twitter. Um, you know, I think my DMs are open. But, you know, honestly, yeah. like like you're saying, traction, right? Like, go out there, like, okay. launch on Steam, get on Early Access, launch on, you know, App Lab, get out there. Or, you know, do those things like, you know, have a really impressive demo that gets, you know, really that gets twitter excited yeah, right. it gets reddit excited or you know do the same kind of thing where you're like um yeah with 
uh, yeah, in terms of getting people excited about what you're working on, whether it's through a successful Kickstarter campaign or all mm-hmm. these other things. Like those are mm-hmm. ways where if I see Some that happen, indicators. I'll probably reach out to you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, all right. That makes uh, sense. Yeah, but, but again, you know, yeah. even if it's early, you know, I'm always open to, you know, give advice and give feedback. So even if you're not ready at that stage, but you just want to chat, um, uh, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, it's on my timing, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll usually try to make the time. You know, <laughs> okay. One of the things I will say too is, yeah. you know, it's also true too, like a warm introduction, you know. Of course, uh, that makes sense. So like one of the things I would say is like, you know, they're great um, Discord communities for VR developers, you know, you know, other VR developers, like, you know, that's actually how I first learned about um, Beat Saber. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there's also just, Honestly, just yeah, make something good. Just make or no, make something great. <laughs> make something great with traction, yeah. and Tipotel is going to find you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And about the location of the startup, now it doesn't matter anymore, right? You don't need to yeah. be in the valley in order no, to get no. your attention. You can be in Prague. You can yep. make a. You can make a game. It doesn't matter, right? It, it, at this moment in time, it doesn't matter where you are. Is it like this? Yeah. It it really doesn't matter. I wow. mean, okay. th- there are things that you know. Again. It's, it's always easier if you're in the valley and you're or you're in one of the like tech hot spots. But again, what I love about the Beat Saber story is like it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. yeah. You can, you can three people Prague. from it's the Czech totally Republic fun. could yeah, exactly. create the most important game in VR. Right. Wow. Like, that's yeah. awesome. That's pr- perfect. And um, from first meeting you to making the deal, how long does it normally take? The due diligence and all the stuff, how, how long? It really varies, and again, yeah. it just depends on you know how much you have already. It's like okay, if there, if you guys have less stuff, we might have to dive a little deeper in terms of like mm-hmm. the technical due diligence and some of that stuff. But you know, a lot of times, yeah, you know, I'd say like the typical deal, especially you know if we so if there are no terms, we have to kind of set up the terms, you have to negotiate, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, it can take like a, like a month ish. Okay. But if everything's good to go or, or things are pretty simple, like it could be streamlined within like, you know, a week or two, like wow. it's possible. Okay. But we've also seen stuff draw out where it's like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, people are trying to put a round together and it can take six months, even a year. Okay. I've seen rounds take a, right. a long time. So All right. it, it's flexible. It depends. Like there is no right answer, but we can move right. as fast as you need is what okay. I would say. Well, that's interesting that's the nice know. thing about like a fund that's really just two folks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You you are very flexible. Like one thing that interests me as a person here in Germany, like you're an international investor, but do you need my company to be a US company or a limited company or would you also invest into like a German company or a company from the Czech Republic or yeah. tell me about this part? Uh, we're flexible. I mean, some VCs yeah. would prefer, yeah, and, and again, there are certain corporate domains or uh, country domains we probably wouldn't invest in. Okay, uh, but like generally, you know, yeah. it's less of an issue nowadays. One okay. of the things that we do like to see is like, yeah, you know, and this is for us in particular. But yeah, you know, we're right. not experts in the legal governance of you know Germany. corporate laws in Germany. Yeah, and so we'd sense. like a smart like German investor to be like you know, a local investor to be like, hey, they're there, they oh, understand. Okay. And so that helps kind of the situation. So when we've right. done investments in other countries like Finland, we like to team up with like a, a good Finnish VC or something like that. Oh, that makes sense. So they know everything in Finland and then you are confident to co-invest. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes so much sense. Cool. Yeah. So interesting. And now 
I want to hear your vision for the future. <laughs> I want I want well, to talk with you. Blunt. Yeah, I know, I know, but I'm going to get more into detail. So right now we're here with our HoloLenses 2 or with the Lynx or with the with the Vario XR, XR3. Very exciting devices. But I want to think with you about how is it going to look like in five years and then also again in 10 years. How is this technology actually going to change our lives? And is it going to go mainstream? What kind of devices are we going to use in five years, in your opinion? Sure. I think, again, it's going to go mainstream within five years, right? We'll definitely have, you know, 5G out there. I think we're going to get to yep. that, like, lighter form factor where all the compute's offloaded into, like, the cloud or the edge, and we can get low latency so people can do more things, like, of Half-Life or, you know, greater quality, but on headsets that are as light, you know, maybe a little bit more <laughs> than these glasses, but something along those lines. And I think it's going to be possible. Like, if we just think about it, right? Right now, what headsets are bulky and, you know, battery life because, you know, again, all of the CPU processing has to be done there. If we offload that, then, yeah, battery isn't less of an issue, weight's less of an issue, all these other things. And so we can really get that comfort factor there. And I think that's all going to be possible. Um, okay, cool. Do you think in five years um, an, an AR or XR headset is going to be more important than, than this year, than our smartphones that we use today? Or is it the 10-year range that we're looking at? Or never? I, what do you think? No, I, I, I think definitely. And I think, but I, I do think it'll be closer to the 10-year range. But I think, you know, in five years, maybe replacing laptops. Oh, in five years? Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. So because we have that virtual screen, just the, the horizon workrooms, which is so good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, can you imagine just like having glasses and a keyboard? Like a physical keyboard, and you don't have to carry a whole laptop anymore. Like that's absolutely. Be great, right? I think it makes sense, even yeah. with workrooms. Yeah. Once they come up with like multiple screens, it's perfect. Yeah. And then if it comes from the cloud, and it will come from the cloud, it's amazing. We can bring our office wherever we go. It I makes mean, so much hopefully sense. even sooner than five years. But but again, yeah, I, I think right. it, it's like you roll something out, like you, you release something, and then it takes like a year or two to get the adoption to that you know level, right? Like now in hindsight, everyone's like, oh, the iPhone billions of units in the, right. the first year. Like they didn't even have an app store for the first year, right? But people exactly. forget these things. Exactly. So um, how excited are you about AR? Absolutely. Very excited. I mean, honestly, a lot of people, you know, we're, we're called the VR fund, but our proper name is the Venture Reality Fund. Exactly. Because we yeah. always knew it was going to be about <laughs> VR and AR, right? And I always thought of spatial computing as a, you know, it's the continuum and it's not one or the other, it's both. What I really think is interesting is like, that changed to from, you know, I think about this more like historically as, okay, mainframe computing, then we went to PC computing, then we went to mobile computing, and now we're going to go to spatial computing, right? Like I think right. that's, that's the path, right? That makes sense. So what do you think, uh, what kind of abilities will AR give us? Like the normal person, like, uh, I don't know, like uh, us and uh, our, our families. Sure. What kind of, what kind of superpowers? Uh, how is it going to change our actual life, in your opinion, AR? Well, I, I, again, I, and I don't, I don't think we need to break it down between AR and VR. I think okay. all of it. Like, okay. okay. What I think about, okay, like, <laughs> and I know there, there is definitely. It's important to have a distinction between the two. There are definitely yeah. two different modes of interacting. But I think that whole concept of taking the digital world and making it behave more naturally, right? Mm -hmm. Making it easier for everyone to participate in the digital world and the digital economy. I think that's the power of VR and AR. And you know, I, I think 
Mark Zuckerberg kind of mentions it too, where it's like, it's not about getting more people into the inter- into the internet with the metaverse. It's about getting the internet to behave more naturally, to have right. this embodied re- interaction where right. instead of training people to use the internet, it just behaves naturally. Mm-hmm. People just know how to use it because that's the way the world works. And what right. and we see this with gesture controls, right? Like, especially in like, you know, any of the creation apps like Tilt Brush, right? But um, when we see people create in Tilt Brush, it's like very Beautiful. few people are 3D artists, but yeah. you give people Tilt Brush and a VR headset and <laughs> now right. everyone can be a 3D artist, right? Like you're it's right. a very quick, um, and this idea of understanding, you know, like, well, why is that important? Why does everyone have to be a 3D artist? Well, if you think about it, before the desktop computer, right, who was a graphic designer? Who was a 2D designer? Who knew 2D art, right? And it was a very small subset of like professional graphic designers that knew typography that had to use an exacto knife to cut out, you know, to typeset, right? Uh, now, because of desktop computers and 2D communication is the way we interact with most of the world, right? Everyone knows what a font is. Everyone knows how to put together a PowerPoint deck. You know, people are, you know, what, what's really interesting too is, and then it evolved. It wasn't just about creating 2D communication for printing in the real world. It was really the internet and creating 2D communication to communicate with other people online, right? That was the real turn, right? And uh, even though there are a lot of other killer apps, it was the internet was really the true killer app for computers, right? So in that same way, I think strongly believe the metaverse is the killer app for VR and AR. And right now we're using VR, AR tools to create content for the real world. But when we create VR content, AR content for each other to perceive on the metaverse, that's when, again, this idea that everyone is going to want to communicate in 3D because it's more natural, more impactful, and more easier to consume. I think that's when it really takes off. And so when we people talk about the metaverse, and again, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, people are still, like, it's still nebulous. It's, It's not here yet. So people are still trying to define it. And so you see a lot of people talk about it, share their opinions, share their ideas. I think the one thing that everyone seems to kind of coalesce on is this idea that the metaverse represents a place where we can live, work, and play. Okay. And already, you know, we have places where we can play. And already, yeah, we have places where people are living, like hanging out, socializing, meeting with other people. And then we have, like right now, the internet is a place where some people work, but not everyone works, right? But I think, again, like we talked about, if making... 3d was as easy as playing with legos or as easy as molding clay and it felt less like doing cad work than everyone could do it and so now when people want to create a new shoe to sell on for avatars to play in their latest vr game in the metaverse you know it's not this weird strange process it's hey here's my avatar and i'm just going to create it right like anyone could do that and everyone could sell and i like that idea of like you know, it's flipping this idea of a creator economy. And so instead of saying, hey, creators are people that create video content that then needs to be monetized by ads and, and attention and eyeballs, instead, it's a direct consumer economy where it's like, I'm a creator, I create a digital good or a digital experience, like a little game, and then people consume that and they pay me directly for it because it was good. And of course, the platform gets their small cut. But it gets away from this attention economy, which I think is so terrible, and much more into this direct economy, which I think is very empowering. And so that's where I see this all hopefully going with this idea of the metaverse and how it can be impactful for mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, for everyone, right? And this idea that, you know, like, again, 
We're seeing early examples of this in Roblox. Right now, kids are paying for college tuition by building Roblox experience for other kids and seeing, okay, well, if it becomes easier to create those experiences, then anyone can do it, then everyone could would do it and benefit from it, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Very, very exciting. So, Tibetan, I want to ask you, so the metaverse of the future, do you think it will consist of walled gardens? Like right now, there's, right, there's the Steam VR and there's the Facebook. <laughs> and um, in the future, if there's this metaverse that everybody can just jump into, do you think this metaverse will be linked and we are all just in this oasis and okay, this part is, is Facebook and this part is Apple and they can all interact? Or do you think it's going to be a war? <laughs> you, will, you will be in the Facebook metaverse and all your stuff is there and then you have made your choice and you are there and you're just using the Facebook metaverse with the glasses or you go for the, the, the Apple metaverse and it will give you other other kind of um, abilities, but you will not be able to go to the Facebook metaverse. What are your thoughts on this? Sure. You know, I, I think it's, it's not going to be as clear cut as that. And I think it'll be messier and closer to what we see today, right? Like when we think about if today the internet is the 2D metaverse, right? And how do we break up our time? And it's like, yeah, a lot of people spend a lot of time on Facebook, but then they'll also go somewhere else. Like they'll go to LinkedIn or they'll go to other social networks or they'll you know shop somewhere else, not necessarily on Facebook. And so I, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, even though they're kind of walled off, I can still jump into whichever one I want. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily this like crazy evil, like one company owns the whole thing and you only get choose unless <laughs> okay. you know, people. But, the, the, but this is also why people are investing in headsets because people are concerned. Well, if the access point is more tightly knit to those experiences, then what does it become? Right. And so I think as long as we can decouple the two, I think okay. uh, it, it'll more closely mirror what we have today uh, and. I, but I think what's really interesting is everyone's trying to fight for more and more and more of people's time and of course. people to spend. But what what I think is really interesting though is yeah, you know, so many people are just caught up on like the technical underpinnings, which are, which are important. We have to think about those things. But I also think just as much it's like, what's the function? What's the activity? What's the benefit for the people? And you have to show them that benefit, or else no matter how interoperable or whatever you have on the underpinnings, if you don't have good experience that people want to come and spend their time and be there day in, day out, day out, then none of that will matter. And so, you know, it, it's, it's tough to say, like, I, I, I want to say that, that it's going to be, you know, a bunch of different experiences that you get to do. Cause we've never really seen this anywhere where one company right. kind of took over everything, right? Like You're even right. in smartphones, right? It's like, it's Apple, it's Android, but then there's other players as well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and in social networks, it's the same. So, you know, it could also be, if it behaves like a social network, there could be this opportunity where it's like, okay, well, everyone's on this one metaverse, but then, oh, I don't want to be on the same metaverse as my parents. That's like the <laughs> uncool metaverse. So there'll be this new upstart metaverse, right, you know, right. and we kind of saw that metaverse. Like Facebook versus Snap and now TikTok, <laughs> yeah, right? right, like right. We see it's very generational, right? So uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, instead, like, it, it's good to kind of look at what's out there in the real world mm -hmm. as examples to kind of anchor our thinking about this. But I'm not one of the, the like, oh, my God, we have to fight back. Like, Facebook okay. is going to own everything. And I'm like, no, like. I think what's actually more important is we need one to succeed enough that everyone else jumps in. Okay. Right? Okay. That and makes sense. I'm not worried that they're going to get such a head start that they can own everything. And, you know, okay. like we talked about too, it's so, it's so, there's so many it's other so big companies and especially right. with a global perspective, right? You're like, 
yeah, there's so many different opportunities out there. Oh, yeah, really interesting thoughts. So, like you said, uh, right now, even with your with your iPhone, you can still use the Google services, right? It's not yep. like it's it's completely like walled off. So it makes sense. You can still access mm-hmm. different kind of things. So now Horizon is going to come out soon, and in my opinion, probably Facebook Connect might be a good time <laughs> to show it off to the world. Probably. Yeah. So, do you think? that uh, our future metaverses are going to be these kind of worlds like Horizon or like Decentraland or like Somnium Space, where we're going to hang out and work? Do you think that is how we're going to encounter the metaverse? But I think again, redefining work, right? Like, like yeah. I think, you know, some people still do the traditional work, but then I think there's You're this right. new opportunity of, of okay, well, what's, what's a new job? And it's like, okay, Right now, we think of you know game studios, you know, very siloed, their own little walled experiences. But now, you know, it's thinking about Roblox or in Rec Room or these other experiences yeah, like VR Room, Chat. Yeah. Right? People exactly. are building out experiences that people play within these platforms, and maybe exactly. work means, oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to put on a virtual play, and I'm going to make costumes and sets for this virtual play, or I'm going to be an actor in this virtual mm-hmm. play that's going to appear on you know Rec Room, and it's like that could become work, right? So it's, it's not saying that like. Work is everyone working at their desk, typing away in a VR headset. You know, it's like it, it, it broadens the definition of what work can be. Um, that being said, like, you know, do I think it's going to I think it's going to be something like that. Like I, I, I look at Rec Room and I think they've done a great job of like showcasing. And so with VR Chat too, like they've done such a great job of show, showcasing a diverse type of content, right? Like it's not just one. It's not just one game. People are just playing paintball and shooting each other or whatever. No, no. <laughs> People are doing all sorts of different crazy things like yeah. live I interactive taught, plays. I taught, or... I taught Chinese in Rec Room. Awesome. I, I loved it. Awesome. It was such a great experience and it worked so well. Yeah. And, and yeah. so that's the thing. Like work could be teaching Chinese in Rec Room, getting exactly, paid, yeah. you know, yeah. that way. And, and that could be very fulfilling, right? Like I, I love that possibility that, yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, I think it makes sense that Horizons looked at VR chat and Rec Room and took a lot of inspiration from them and said, hey, okay, these guys are doing something right. They, they figured out, now let's try to do something like that and make it even, you know, bigger if they can. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, we look at the history of Facebook, right? Like, they didn't develop or invent the idea of social networks, but they really, like, mainstreamed it or polished it to, right. to bring it out to the masses in a big way. And, you know, if they can do that with Horizons, that, that's great. But I, I always feel like, too, like, is it just going to be them? Like, you know, and going back to competition, right? We're talking about, oh gosh, like once, you know, Facebook puts out, you know, Horizon or once they announced it, you know, did that mean things were over for Rec Room and, no. uh, you know, VRChat? No, they just grew and become even bigger and better. Right? Okay. It's great to look at this like this as well, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be very important. And um, yeah, like we're getting close to our two hours mark where normally it's uh, enough. <laughs> it's like so much information. And it was such a great <laughs> talk already. But I still want to ask you about Apple. <laughs> what do you think? When is Apple going to join the market? Is it going to be next year? Like how we heard from Bloomberg? And uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, can can Apple directly become a big player? And what do you think? How are they going to compete? Is it going to be something like the Quest for consumers and playing games? Or is it more going to be like a 3D viewer so you can watch your your sports in, in VR? What do, you, what do you think is going to happen? 
Okay, so I will again preface this with I know nothing. I've had companies acquired by Apple; they can't tell me anything. I don't okay. ask them because I know they can't You're tell right. me anything. Like <laughs> it is definitely one of those. Your like, opinion. Just, it's your. I'm opinion. just speculating. Perfect. My this is exactly what we want to hear. Your opinion about it. But yeah, I, I think a couple of things. I think definitely Apple is going to enter the race, right? Like we already know that they're working on these things. They've already you know talked about it. Uh, what I think is really interesting though is like what's the time frame? And I, I definitely feel like there, there isn't this sense of they have to be the first, right? Like they've never been the first in any kind of ecosystem, uh, hardware shift or hardware play, right? They wait for others, they learn from others and they work on their own thing. And and what I like to do is they focus not on a pro, like, uh, sorry, not on a, like a technology, but they focus on a solution, like a full, like not a product, but a real solution, right? And what I, I think is going to be interesting, you know, people also take for granted too that this isn't the Apple of Steve Jobs. And, you know, it's a different type of Apple, right? And you look at the newer products that they've launched and they've been successful, but they haven't been as world transforming or they haven't created like that developer ecosystem like the iPhone did. So, yeah, one way of thinking about this is, you know, when people were, you know, five, six years ago when we're starting to fund, everyone's throwing their hat. What comes after the smartphone? We thought it was XR, we have VR, AR. Others are like, oh, it could be smartwatches and wearables. They were starting to take off. It could be smart speakers. Alexa was starting to sell those, right? What I think is very interesting is like, you know, five, six years later, smartwatches, smart speakers, they sold hundreds of thousands of devices, right? Like hugely successful products, right? But even though they have developer uh, uh, SDKs and the ecosystem and app store, no developer has been able to make meaningful revenue. No third party developer making apps for products with hundreds of millions of install days, right? But then we look at VR and AR, it's like, okay, VR, tens of millions install base. But like we talked about, companies making easily a million, five million, 10 million, even a hundred million or more now, right? And so we're like, okay, not hundreds of companies yet, but dozens of companies making it when there's only tens of millions of players, like that's amazing. And so we can see that as it expands, the, you know, the pie is going to grow exponentially. And so, yeah, this kind of comes back to, well, now it's getting big enough where other players, not just Apple and others, are having to throw their hats into the ring or are already thinking about it, right? Whether it's a Snap or a ByteDance or others. or And Microsoft, of course, has been thinking about this for a long time and you know, have released products for this. Uh, and so I think it definitely makes sense Apple's going to release something sooner. I think it's – honestly, I still think it's going to be more towards the – like like more towards the computing platform and less mm -hmm. of a media consumption device. And I think if it was a media consumption device, I think that would be too limiting and not super compelling. Um, yeah, again, like maybe Apple releases it first, right? Like maybe they release an iPod type device and that's cool, but it's not until the iPhone where it becomes very interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think the newest uh, or not the newest, but the most recent reports from Bloomberg, right? We're saying, hey, they're going to do a two prong approach. One's going to be this VR pass through headset. And then another right. will be an AR headset when it's ready. And Later, to me, that makes exactly. sense. It'd be like, okay, you have to have a developer kit. You have to have developers understand how yeah. to work with this technology within the Apple ecosystem. And then once that's ready, you'll release the consumer device. So it's almost like you have to have MacBooks and Mac mm -hmm. uh, and uh or let's just say, yeah, we'll have MacBooks and desktop Macs so that developers can build the applications for the consumer product, right? For the iPhone. And in that same way, you have to probably need like a VR AR pass-through to create applications for consumer AR classes.
Okay, yeah. that makes also sense uh, because of AR Kit. There's already yeah. so many, so much stuff out there, and uh, I'm sure they have a strategy that will make use of these apps that are already out there. I, I have really uh, a lot of trust that Apple is going to be a huge player in the market. And so that's going to be super exciting. Yeah, I, I do think too, though, I think they're going to be a huge player in the market. I think it's very important yeah. to follow what they do. But I, I love, though, that we don't need Apple You're right. to make the market. Even now, right? like, even now, it's even now, good. Even now. With Oculus and Facebook, like, there's incredible stuff being done and, and other players in the space, right? Like, there's, it's, yeah. it's a very exciting well, time even before. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Right. And it's super exciting to to be in that space right now. And well, you've been in that space since the very beginning and funding the metaverse. Tipotad, I want to say thank you. These, these two hours were incredible. So much information, so much, yeah, so much knowledge from the investor side. I can simply say thank you for being on the show for two hours. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> Again, happy to do it any, any time. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll really get back great to questions you. <laughs> and yeah, man. Next time, maybe we'll do this in uh, in Horizons Workspace. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Let's meet or there. over a game of Demio, <laughs> or like this. Yeah, or probably um, I will do another pitch MRTV, and well, I would love to have your knowledge about yeah the teams who, who will pitch. That that would be amazing. Definitely, uh, I would appreciate. Yeah, and sorry, it didn't work out with my timing yeah, last no, time. No, but I would love no to problem. participate. It was Get a great it. event. Thank you. Um, and yeah, again, anyone, everyone, please reach out to me. I'm at Tipitat on Twitter, T-I-P-A-T-A-T, or I'm Tipitat at thevrfund.com. And I'm going to put all of these information down into the show notes. That was episode six of season two of the Next Dimension podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a thumbs up. And also, if you have not yet reviewed us on iTunes, do that now. Simply get out your iPhone or iPad, find the podcast app and look for the Next Dimension podcast. That is the best way to say thank you. And do check out Tipotat's Twitter. It's very interesting. And well, you will always be close to where the action is with XR. Thank you again, Tipitat. And thank you for all of you. I'm looking forward to see you in the next episode next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.